Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Wind did not blow the Dow Musk, uh, the Dow 3000, into the Kiva this afternoon. He's uh, making his last journey before he takes off to Vegas, uh, Viva Las Vegas, on Monday from home. Dow, how are you this afternoon? Uh, I am well, and I I, uh, I will monopolize for the next 20 seconds and just thank one of our Eddie. We have you know, I don't need to tell you this. We have. Probably the best audience in the world. Uh, one of our listeners, I won't say male, female, animal, vegetable, or mineral, uh, allowed me to attend the Merchants of Death conference this week. Just wrapped up a little little bit ago. Uh, I know who you are. I am forever in your debt. And uh, it's just the kind of people we have in the Kiva, Eddie. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's very, 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 very exciting. And uh, as always, uh, the same people who bring you, you know, all the other things here in the Kiva have brought uh, doubt this. So, you know, we appreciate that. Thanks for being supportive. As always, uh, you can go ahead and text in 550-5500. And I guess we have something to celebrate, or do we? Um, you know, I get lots of questions all the time as somebody who ran for mayor of the city of Albuquerque. You know, what's happened to the homeless people? One person, you know, texted and said, do you know where all the homeless people are going? Uh, well, we kind of have a pretty good idea because we do know that Coronado Park has now officially, if in case you haven't heard, in case you were uh, under a rock, literally, uh, you probably have heard by now that uh, the Keller administration is celebrating. They're spiking the football. Look at what they've achieved. They shut down Coronado Park. Well, um, folks, I think there's a lot more to the story than that. It all required a lot of complaining, a lot of pressure. And then you continue to make your voices heard in various neighborhoods and various parts of the city. And you talk about how you don't want those encampments, you know, sort of growing into your place and you want them to be official. Now, there's no word on how that's all going to come out just yet. No word on the applications that have been filed. We know that there can't be any new applications going forward, but we know that there are applications uh, that have already been filed. I believe three uh, total have been filed in the city of Albuquerque. It could be wrong on that. Um, we're still waiting for the details. And remember, our uh, government here in the city of Albuquerque is a little sketchy. They don't like sharing details. The scanners are scrambled. We don't know what's going on, how many murders, apparently you know, we're getting, you know, bits and pieces. I talked to Murder Michael earlier today. He's like, hey, can I come in? And I was like, well, you're not listening to Scanner, so I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> this is the problem. There's no transparency. So I want to focus for a moment on the homeless issue, as it were. As you know, that I had the most radical, militant, tough on crime, tough on homeless. And now you see Mayor Keller doing exactly what I was recommending literally shutting these places down, which is what they need to do, and consolidating them, hopefully, like the city of Santa Fe does, to one location. Well, they're sort of dispersing throughout all of the city, and they're going to cemeteries now. You cannot call 911 or 242 cops to say that your cemetery has been you know, be invaded, broken into, or anything, because pretty much cemeteries don't have hours. 
And so many homeless people have taken it upon themselves to go to area cemeteries and encampments are being created on some of those grounds. I've talked to workers at various cemeteries throughout the city just this afternoon, and you see those tents and various other places popping up right there. Will the city do anything about that? Probably not. Josh Glass is the front page of the Albuquerque Journal last Wednesday at this time. Sunset Memorial Park Cemetery Manager shows the cut chain leak fence on the corner of the cemetery where people have been cutting the fence to gain access to the Memorial Park, the journal writes. Sunset Memorial Park is experiencing issues with homeless people coming into the park. Now, I thought it was just Sunset. Uh, apparently, it's like the main place where they are going. Now, the reason that they're going there uh, has little to do with the fact that they won't be disturbed and who by. You see, the Albuquerque Police Department doesn't really look, like to police homeless, and plus it's not really their job. I mean, we should be doing this a much better way than we've been doing it, but inevitably they run into little disturbances, down and outs, and various other things. They're running into cemeteries because they're trying to prevent themselves from being murdered, raped, drugged, taken advantage of, or some other things. Another homeless person was murdered yesterday. In fact, I would say that we don't know what the real murder tally is. We're now finding bodies in various places and they're turning up and I don't know what's going on. And without there being blood on the city of Albuquerque's hands, I don't know who's doing it. You might recall, uh, what, two years ago, I think, out is when uh, I think they had six or seven different uh, homeless people uh, who were murdered uh, over a period of like a month and a half mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous out on the street, no doubt. But I think we actually, you talk about serial, serial killers, and certainly the Muslim community had one. I think the homeless community has a serial killer on its hands. I don't think that's speculation. In fact, I, I, I almost absolutely know there has to be. Have you noticed that whenever somebody's murdered, we generally don't have a description. We generally don't have any age. We don't have any you know, suspects in anything. These are homicides that are just turning up that are getting reported. And how about the ones that don't get reported at all or that we can't even track? There's this black cloud hanging and it's not the weather today. And I think what's happening in the city of Albuquerque is people have become so fed up because the city of Albuquerque, has, someone is taking it upon themselves to go and kill homeless people in the city of Albuquerque. I can't process that you're not gonna get anybody reporting on that. No one's gonna be able to go out and find it. Now I ride around, I go up and down Central, I go and I look at things. I've been cruising around the airport area quite a little bit lately because I've been trying to figure out, yeah, where are the homeless people that I used to see all the time? How are these homeless people just disappearing all of a sudden and where are they going? The homeless shelters aren't seeing an increased number of people at their homeless shelters, by the way. Pick up the phone, call them. Where are the homeless people going? I mean, this is a mystery to me. They shut down Coronado Park. Where did all those co people in Coronado Park go to? Where did they disappear to? Does that, does that matter to anybody? Does it matter to, to the people who are there who are ostensibly living there five, six, seven years? I don't like uh, the homeless problem any more than anybody else, but there's still people and I'd like to know where they went. The responsible thing to ask is what happened to the people that were here yesterday and where did they go and what was done?
Now, the city of Albuquerque had a write-up uh, on everything. Now, I didn't, I didn't bother reading it because we know it's PR fluff, but uh, was that even addressed in any of the PR fluff of where they were going to go ahead and relocate uh, the people who were at, at Coronado Park? I'm sure they had an official uh, story about that, right? Well, a lot of, uh, uh, as you say, puffing themselves up. The only reason I sent you that link, Eddie, was the list of what was brought out of Coronado Park after it was cleared. Uh, it's a... Uh, well, weapons and drugs and $10,000 in cash. Wow. Uh, uh, it was just a, a very curious list. I, I wasn't trying to spread Tim Keller propaganda, and I'm not going to put this in the in the Daily Blast. It's just the, the, the itemized list of what they took out of, the, out of that temporary community was very interesting. Well, any ideas about where the homeless themselves, where they went? Nothing in this statement at all. Not one statement. No. no. I was looking for it. And I couldn't find it, and I didn't bother reading CABQ because if the journal or anybody else didn't report upon it. And we have all these bleeding heart liberals who are constantly crying that these people should have to panhandle. And finally, you you bleeding heart liberals finally displace them. The NIMBY crowd, not in my backyard, finally displace them. Say, no, no, we don't want that here. We don't want that there. Well, those people had to go somewhere. And that problem is going to pop up. And... The homeless people are preying upon other homeless people, and then you have people who are turning up dead, and now they're not being reported on. Are they not so important that even if they are homicided, if they, even if they are murdered and killed, are they not reported? Is that part of what's happening in terms of shutting down the scanners? I'd like to know. I want answers, and you deserve them. Homeless people don't just disappear to the length and the amount that we had. I'm not going to go looking for them, but I'd like to know what the city decided to do with them because they certainly did something. I'd like to know that if the least amongst us, people who have run into problems, who have mental health issues, who have been preyed upon by Veterans Administration officials because they've run drug experiments on them, I'd like to know that at some point that we cared for them in some way and they were moved on to someplace else. At least I, when I was running for mayor, had a plan of 30 to 45 days finding them. No, they didn't need to find Jesus. We weren't trying to go ahead and stick Bibles and crosses in their hands and making sure that they're tithing once they have a job and all that kind of stuff. No, no, we just wanted to know who they were, where they were going. Have you noticed that Indian, Native American, homeless people congregate together. Do you know why they don't go to homeless shelters? And no, it's not because they're drunk. It's because they're not wanted in homeless shelters. They're not wanted, particularly in homeless shelters that put God first, right at the front door. Before you walk through these doors, Native Americans generally don't want you to go ahead and try and impress upon them your way of life. They have a very difficult time of sort of acclimating themselves to any of these homeless shelters. And now I'm finding different people sleeping on the ground in various places. I'd like to know. I just need to know. I'd like to know that we, as a city that prides itself on diversity, maybe if we had a homeless park that was full of Muslims, just maybe, perhaps, we would know where every single one of those Muslims would be. But they're not Muslim. No, they're Native American. Or they're Hispanic, right? Or they're white trash, as maybe... You know, Trump, white trash Trump supporters, as the, the, the NIMBY liberal crowd would like to probably characterize them. It's disgusting. 
There should have been a plan. We should have known when we were where they were going. And moreover, during this very difficult time where no jobs are growing and there isn't new opportunities for these people, we should know how to go ahead and continue to help them however we possibly can. 550-50-500. That's 550-50-500. I spent an awful, an unbelievable amount of time on Anne Hash. Um, hash, hush. Uh, hopefully I got that right. Um, the Michael Hastings story from back in the day. And I also uh, went down the uh, wormhole there with uh, Alec Baldwin and just all the recent stuff that's been going on. I don't know how well I am or ready I am to share all of these things that I've read down, but uh, you know, it, this is something that is getting weirder and weirder the more I read it. And the TikTok world that's out there, which we are now a part of, I've got all of three videos that I've put out there on on TikTok, which actually creates a little bit more atmosphere and, uh, you know, whittle down some little pieces that we're doing. I might have to go ahead and touch some of that uh, that's out there. We've got very brave citizens who are calling attention to that. And, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to dig into, you know, or burrow into the Anne Hesh story a little bit deeper. And it goes maybe all the way back to Andrew Breitbart. 550-50-500. That's 550-50-500 right here in the Kiva. One other little uh, item of note. Again, all of our shows are updated at the rockoftalk.tv app. Uh, we have 65 radio stations, the rockoftalk.com app, including this one that you're listening to right now. Uh, immediately after the show, I update the, the additional stations so you could listen to it uh, in, in runtime. And then you can podcast it. You can download uh, you know, all of the uh, shows if you want. You can watch us do the show right from here in the studio by going to rockoftalk.tv and putting it there on your app. Uh, Liberty Lovers is on there, and we've got uh, all the last shows for each one of our shows that run on Saturday as well. So I just want to give everybody that very quick update to get things started. 418, back and forth. Thanks for listening here in the Kiva. Run away here with me. Lost soul to memory. Running wild and running free. I say, hey, hey, leave it like we're ready here in the Kiva, little Ambassador X there, good stuff. Uh, one of the, what was that? Uh, Langston introduced me to that song, uh, and it was uh, quite popular uh, a few years back, I wanted to say four or five years uh, back. Uh, D. Muska there in the uh, side chair from across the uh, city. So the uh, articles that were all printed up by the Albuquerque Urinal, um, <laughs> it's just its just so fitting, isn't it, folks? It just literally rhymes with journal, and it is the urinal. I mean, it's the only place where you find that uh, that rag is, uh, is right there. People just don't pick it up. They don't read it. Um, people are reading less and less. They're disinterested because most of the, you know, politicians aren't going to change anything anyway it's uh, turned into this apathy and that's what they want that's what the why they don't want you to pay attention they don't want to have to answer any you know hard and uh, difficult questions a couple of uh, little sentences here the homeless people according to the article use of smaller fountains throughout the park to wash themselves and we have caught them bathing sometimes naked in the larger fountains said sunset's executive director josh glass worse they have used the fountains as a toilet despite there being an easy to find portable toilet located at the northeast end of the park. Now, that is a problem. Those bills and the cleanup should all be sent directly to the city of Albuquerque, uh, city of Albuquerque immediately. If I were to send a bill based upon what I did for the city, 
Wouldn't that be the equivalent of Mayor Keller sending you a bill for having to use the jaws of death to pry you? Remember that whole thing? I mean, he's all about that. If you want policing, he's going to make the businesses downtown pay for it. Sort of this a la carte service, right? So when you have to do something and something happens to you, send that and put Rock of Talk right there at the bottom and say, Eddie Aragon told me to send this into the city of Albuquerque. Because I'd like to hear the argument. And don't call the police. The homeless people are just trying to live wherever they're trying to live. And this problem is what we've created because we've decided to go ahead and legalize it, right? We know many of these guys are dope smokers. And Dowd said uh, himself part of the uh, kitty that they carried out in terms of the itemized list, $10,000. You don't just create that out of nothing. Uh, Eddie, there's also uh, five pounds of methamphetamine. There you go. uh, 4,500 fentanyl pills. Let's, Let's peel the onion here a little bit not hard we're not we don't have to be a super sleuth to figure out that we have open borders to figure out that texas and arizona are now in the process of finishing it up they have not porous borders like we do we have a wide open border because we have bleeding hearts we're very humanitarian and part of the way that they're paying their way in as burros to come in is they carry some of that here to the united states then they go to the human services division they get their cheque. And after they get their check what do they do? Oh, well, I got to have a P.O. box or I got to have some place where you can go ahead and mail me. I don't know what the requirements are. And they build themselves their own little underground economy that can't be tracked while they say they make nothing and they're making something. And if we're running around with cash, that's certainly enough to give to a landlord if there were availability and if someone could actually lease. And if they had an identification to say, hey, no one's just going to rent to you because... I don't know who the hell you are. You don't have a name. You don't have a social security ID. And I don't know who you are. But hey, we brought them in along with their payment, which was to bring that mess, fentanyl and various other things across the border. Folks, this is where most of this stuff is getting trafficked to. I don't have to pinpoint it. I don't have to back any of this stuff up because you know it as well as I do. And it's really this dirty little secret that we have to continue to talk out out loud and act like we're going to be doing something about it. But we're not. Not much is going to change in the election. The propaganda that's coming from 4, 7, and 13 is going to continue regardless of who's governor, regardless of who your representatives are, and regardless of the balance of power in the state, which is always way to the left, more or less. These are problems that are going to continue. What can we do to solve them? Well, first, we have to actually act like we have a problem to solve, for one. And you can't solve that problem unless we know exactly what the problem is. The Albuquerque Journal is barely writing about it and putting it more on the homeless problem. Well, the problem isn't the homeless. The problem is your mayor, your city council. What did we have to do? What did we have to do with, with the city council? It was kind of interesting, wasn't it? We had to push and prod and make Brooke Basson feel the wrath of the voters were out there. Oh, I'm not going to get reelected. I might want to run for mayor someday. She was on the wrong side of that issue. And they had to go and back that stuff out. They did. So there's no, not going to be any new entries, but that didn't solve the problem. Because according to one texter who just texted in, he says, well, everyone's moved on over to a park in Martinez Town, which is just around the way. A park in Martinez Town. The local news reported that Martinez Park was now being occupied by the homeless. This park is close to Coronado Park. Is that taking care of it? When you tell your kids to clean their room, they said, well, you know, you didn't do this. Well, and they just threw out what you didn't clean your clothes. You didn't put your clothes in the hamper. And they just decided to go ahead and stick the clothes 
I don't know, underneath the bed somewhere. And it's like, oh, look. But if you look underneath, you go and you find the same problem that was there before. That's the same thing that we have with the homeless issue. A lot of you guys texting in on the homeless stream because it's something that we all care about. Eddie, lots of fentanyl use. Use their fecal matter is oftentimes laced with enough fentanyl to probably put you in the hospital as well. Ooh. Didn't think about that, but uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for the thoughts there. Wow. Uh, hi, Eddie. Reported in the Roswell Daily Record last week, a busload of homeless from Albuquerque was received there. That was uh, reported in the uh, Roswell Record. Okay, at least that's an answer, right? I think the homeless migrated to East Central. You're seeing a number of people. I think, you know, forget tracking crime. We can't track crime anymore because the scanners are scrambled. We can't track the murders anymore. I think we should definitely put out, you know, why doesn't one of the news organizations out there track to where the homeless are? Instead of murder Mike, we should call him, uh, you know, I don't know, Migrant Mike. Who <laughs> <laughs> He's finding uh, migrating around the city. Where's he going? Where's the next camp? Uh, let's see, this one coming out of something called Project No. How does long... How long does fentanyl stay in your system? Well, according uh, to this, 70% of the overdose deaths in 2019 involved an opioid. 2017, 59% of opioid-related deaths involved fentanyl compared to 14%, 14.3% 14 in 2010. Wow. Who's creating that problem? Well, you've got it, folks. Michelle Lujan Grisham and New Mexico. Why? Porous borders allowing them to come in. Oh, here we go. More text. Uh, Eddie. Looks like the Hollywood hit is apparently she was reading an expose to out some of the powerful pedophiles in Hollywood. I know you guys are wanting to get to this. I know that's where we're wanting to go. Hi, Eddie. I want to tell you how much I enjoy the lineup Saturday from Dr. Summers through the whole afternoon. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, watch candidate Harriet Hageman delivers electric. We're fed up speech at the Wyoming Trump rally. There you go. That's a good one. We need some of that uh, stuff going on. And uh, finally, oh, Fentanyl is metabolized in the liver, broken down into metabolites, the main ones being norfentanyl and desproporphylene fentanyl, hopefully, and excreted by the kidneys. Six inactive metabolites and less than 10% of the fentanyl itself are excreted in the urine. The fentanyl metabolites can be detected in urine, stool, and blood. It's a matter of time before they're poisoning one, one another with, with whatever they excrete out of their fentanyl. I mean, out of their orifices, that's their fentanyl. It's a disgusting thought, but... That's another thing. It's a public health hazard. Eddie, just very quickly, the, the sure. texture who told us about Roswell, I just looked at the Roswell newspaper. Uh, this article ran about six days ago. The Roswell right. area has experienced a noticeable increase in homelessness recently for a variety of reasons, according to some community service leaders. Uh, they say that some of the reasons include rising rents and increases in mental and behavioral health needs. Also discussed were reports by some people in need that they have been given bus tickets to Roswell by Albuquerque organizations. Thank you, Texter, for that. Yeah, there you go. Um, and that city was divided three different ways, three different ways, first, second, and third congressional district. That's exactly what Michelle Lujan Grisham and Tim Keller think uh, of your city in uh, Roswell. We'll divide you up. We'll make you do all of our stuff. And then some. back after a quick break, 431 here in the Kiva. We'll continue uh, on this. Got some more reports uh, coming in, including... The pause sought on the plans to cor to close Coronado Park. They did get a little bit of a pause, but apparently it wasn't enough to go ahead and prevent them from doing damage to other places. And if you've got reports, even if it's anecdotal, we'd love to hear them uh, here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, FM, and rockoftalk.com. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA 
plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. sort of this homeless problem a little bit more uh looking at uh the surveying that's going on out there doubt it certainly looks like uh, they weren't keeping track of uh who's the what's it's anywhere uh in the state until really last year this year according to the new mexico coalition to end homelessness the 2022 count statewide was 2594 individuals and 1870 households the counts outside of albuquerque were 1283 individuals and 1010 households so you know, you've got uh, nearly, what, uh, 4,000 homeless people that you can actually account for uh, that are out there. But uh, it is a crisis now, uh, all of a sudden, in Roswell. So no doubt we have contributed to that there by, uh, as both anecdotally and now confirmed by the RoswellRDRnews.com, uh, that they have an increased level of homelessness that's there. So that's not a solution to homeless, busting them out to other area cities within the place. Getting them home would probably be a better solution, uh, knowing who they are and telling their stories out on the streets. And there used to be people who used to do that. They'd take photographs, you know, my whole thing, and, and I'm gonna phrase it a way that's gonna be, sound a little bit inhumane, um, but for the best way to present it, it's sort of like bagging and tagging, right? You wanna know who these people are, you wanna give them some sort of, you know, place in the world, whatever you possibly can, give them some sort of ID, Many of these people don't have IDs. And again, they're mentally ill, hooked on drugs, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we don't have the police to go ahead and take care of that. You cannot be calling this stuff in all the time. It's not exactly a priority. If there's someone firing fireworks, you can't do anything about that. I mean, there's so many things that 911 just will not respond to. If you're, someone's firing fireworks in your private business, they literally know they can do that because... That used to be some type of misdemeanor here, you know, in one form or another. Now it's nothing. It's not even something that you could even call in. So in L.A., where I believe they have the worst homeless problem, um, I think that's been well documented. And I think, of course, we saw, you know, Seattle is dying. I played that 
actually that was pre-Dowd uh, when uh, Dowd I pray, played for the audience a, a a very interesting you know West Coast scenario where Los Angeles San Francisco and then it was Seattle and it was done by I forget the name of the Seattle radio station uh, or the TV station that was doing it up there but they were talking about this crisis that they hadn't woken up to yet. And he literally in one report, Seattle's dying, woke everybody up with that. And it scared the you know what out of them until we went into COVID and then, well, you know what happened, all the woke politics. So LA City Council has now approved an increase in police funding. Just last year, they were defunding the police, right? Coming out of the St. George of Fentanyl, as Dell likes to, to phrase it, amid the crime surge. One of the things that was interesting in that Seattle is dying is that every single one of those homeless people had been incarcerated before, like 100%. Go look at the part in the video where they had tracked and found out who the people are that are homeless that are out there, and every single one of them at some point, for one reason or another, either drug possession or actually committing a violent crime of some sort, had been in the custody of police officers. If the police officers were the solution and jailing and incarcerating them was going to be the solution, well, it would have worked on 100% of those people who had been incarcerated. So obviously that doesn't work. Los Angeles City Council, not unlike uh, our own city council here, approved funding for more police patrols in Hollywood to address a quote-unquote rise in crime, more homeless people, more crime. Hollywood, which is a neighborhood uh, of Los Angeles, has been 75% increase in homicides and more than 35% increase in shots fired this year compared with last year. They're right on pace with us. Robbery and theft, meanwhile, has jumped nearly 20%, 25% respectively. Now, what do we share with Los Angeles? Same attitude towards police officers, right? They love to go ahead and tell their little tales and bring in the Department of Justice and, you know, talk about how we lead the world and the number of incarcerated black males. You know, that's the whole thing so that they can keep everybody out, right? But what has it done to society at large? It's made... Los Angeles, unlivable, much like Albuquerque has become unlivable, except for the people that are vagrants and they can move wherever they want. And they like coming here because, you know, little tiny misdemeanors aren't going to get called in and they don't like to be jailed very long. Unanimous, the council on Wednesday, last Wednesday, signed off on a motion by Mitch Farrell to give an additional $216,000 to the LAPD. What? How much? $216,000. What are you going to do with that? This is nothing more than a, uh, in my opinion, doubt a small genuflection uh, towards uh, the police officers to, to let them know that, hey, you know what? We're in support of you now because it's election year politics. Oh, sure. It's doing nothing else. It's doing absolutely nothing else at this point. Los Angeles has the very same problems that Albuquerque, New Mexico has. And what do we share in common? Well, not a population, not an ethnic composition, not, not uh, you know, a, a similar industries or anything else. So you know what we share? The same political values. The political values had gotten us to this point, and we are reaping what we have sown by your continued election. Do I expect that to change in this election cycle? No, because the people out there, the low-information voters, are getting bad information from the local TV stations, uh, other radio stations, and newspaper. Now, if I shared their opinions, then I would be part of that, you know, shout that would come out and say, no, 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 you know, Albuquerque is a great place to live. You know, stop, stop bragging, stop bagging, start bragging. What a wonderful game it was last night for the New Mexico United. Look, everybody. Oh, this is such, such, such an amazing game. Whatever. 
You can't kill the messenger. You can't kill the person who's showing you after you he is this committed to a city like this and doubt is as well. You can't you can't do that. We're just telling you exactly what you should know as opposed to the things that well they're trying to get you to believe and you are believing them en masse. And it's exactly why you continue to have the same city that you have. Now, <clears throat> I looked at this uh, pause thought on the plans to close Coronado Park. Again, that's all political. Every single thing that is done, funding the police, dealing with homelessness, no matter what it is, it's all political. I mean, that's, that's not, that shouldn't be news to anybody at this point. So do I expect much to, to really change? No. But I'd like to know where the homeless people have moved to. Absolutely. We know that some of them are in Roswell. We know some of them are at Martinez Park. But keep a lookout, though, because with them goes a lot of crime and a lot of unsolved murders of anonymous people. And if they don't have any sort of tag on them, some sort of ID, I don't know that the city of Albuquerque actually counts those as deaths. I think that's fair to say. There's no way that we could hold them accountable for counting that as a death. They found a body. How many times this murder might come into the studio and say, well, I followed up on it. I never got any more yep. information. Yep. Nothing. Nothing. It's like every other time that we find a body, we never get any solution to it. Maybe part of that 90% uh, solve rate, according to uh, you know, Fat Boy Medina, is because they're just stating that, well, we didn't have to identify him. So that counts uh, uh, in their case or counts for them as a solved case. Excuse me. Makes no sense uh, to me. Eddie, hey, final point on the on the Roswell situation. Yeah, uh, th this is the quote from uh, I guess the the sheriff. So you know, fairly high ranking official. I guess in any county in New Mexico, there, that's yeah. the highest ranking public official in any county. Uh, they are moving out into the country. Uh, they are everywhere. They are coming in on buses. The individuals we are talking to are saying that Albuquerque is giving them fifty dollars, putting them on a bus, and sending them to us. Now, is that activists? Is that the city? Uh, city officials and isn't it a little curious that the woke deep blue city of albuquerque is sending homeless people to the deep red chavez county i mean isn't that kind of trump territory where these people will be treated horribly uh i guess anything to spruce up the image of albuquerque will even send them off to those horrible red counties well i think i i hope i made that point i hope that that was the point that i was making the entire time which was exactly that uh having a solution and putting it on another community uh, one that is uh, maybe a little bit more economically vibrant than the city of Albuquerque itself is not the solution. We have to solve our own problems and off put off putting them uh, or offsetting them off to other, you know, communities is never going to work. Well, and my only point, Eddie, is, is these are blue people sending homeless people to parts of the state. Uh, other places that they would consider cruel, uh, inadequate services. Uh, Tim Keller says that what I'm saying is that we as a society must provide the ingredients of a restart. Uh, he goes on and on and on about all the wraparound services. Well, I don't think it's nearly as generous in Roswell as the kind of things you want to do for homeless people, Tim. So why are homeless people being sent to Roswell again? Yeah, good point. Good point. Well, um, lately we've been getting criticized. I believe, Dowd, you've been keeping track of Source New Mexico. Uh, do we ever find an origination date for that uh ragtag bag Still trying of, to track uh, it down. yeah we, we can't figure out when they actually started uh, i think it's no more than maybe a year and a half ago at, at most, most. Yeah. yeah i think they are you know they themselves are displaced from i think new mexico in depth uh the university of new mexico KUNM, i believe uh other npr affiliated and community newspapers um we had russ 
um, Contreras uh, decide to go ahead and, I guess, back up uh, some of those reporters that are on the source in New Mexico and say, well, these are legitimate news reporters. In my opinion, they are activists. But when they call themselves journalists, this is the part where their opinions and journalism should never the two mix. I mean, this is why in the AP report, despite the fact that it's slightly skewed, we should not have these. We never claim to be journalists, as we told you. Okay, we are commentators. I'm a talk radio host. You know, we we talk about the issues of the day, but that's not something that we do. There was something written up in Barrett Media calling journalism and opinion don't mix. And it's talking about sort of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, Boston Globe, Minneapolis Star. Okay. And he writes about this very, very good uh, write up, Andy Bloom. And he says, I looked at the online front page of other papers of the same day in comparison to something called USA Today, which um, <laughs> it was a big news day when he decided to go ahead and survey across these. Here's the headlines on each one of these. U.S. drone strike kills key plotter of 9-11. Biden says top right column. It also ran a front page story about Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Ukraine moving its first green shipment since the Russian invasion. That was the New York Times. Washington Post has U.S. strike kills bin Laden successor all the way to the top directly under the masthead. Uh, Dowd pull up New Mexico in depth. Uh, pull up, and I saw this before, and pull up uh, source New Mexico and then uh, pull up uh, the Albuquerque Journal. The Wall Street Journal featured Ukraine grain story across four columns in the middle and Pelosi story in the top right column. Wall Street Journal is about as sound as it gets. It's still left, by the way. Boston Globe had the drone strike story in the upper left column. It featured two column headlines on the Massachusetts State Legislature finishing a marathon session. Minneapolis Star Tribune had a local story about hospital errors during the COVID pandemic. All the way across the top, the Pelosi story was in the top right column. Other major newspapers also led with stories about drone strike, Pelosi's Taiwan trip, Ukraine grain shipment, and other items of local interest. What did USA Today have? They had a story about Kansas voting on a statewide abortion referendum on its left column and the Deshaun Watson opinion piece in the right column, defending him, by the way. There was nothing. You saw what happened to him today. 11 games, $10 million. I don't know what all uh, his penalties. There was nothing about the drone strike, Ukraine, Pelosi's trip on the front page. Now, when we criticize other news organizations for not getting you the right information and, you know, we, we're literally waiting for everybody in the rural areas to get broadband. And I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion, what for? What's the purpose? Just to usher in more bad information from the get-go when you have a homogenized uh, media group here? I mean, we are the only ones that are out there of a legitimate media news source. That would be TV, radio, television, or print, okay? That's, that's in any way probably telling the other side of every single story that we can possibly catch up on. Dowd, uh, New Mexico In-Depth, Joe Monahan, <laughs> Albuquerque Journal, uh, KLB4, 713, take your pick. Uh, tell us what's on the front page of each of those, and we'll let our listeners decide what sounds legitimate and what we should be leading with. Because okay. guaranteed, each one of these organizations are all back-talking each other. And by that, I don't mean like talking back to each other and disrespecting each other. I mean, they're using back channels, cross channels to talk to one another about what they're going to go ahead and get out on each of their pages hmm. and what they're going to lead with and what part of the political takedown of the controlled opposition that they're going to continue to work on behalf of the Democrat Party. That's what this whole thing is about. Dad, uh, take it from there. Well, I think any maybe our older residents, uh, our listeners, maybe like over 30, you know, really old fogies, um, 
they might since everything's migrated to to the digital world i think it all as this as, as the author here mr bloom says it's you know the, the 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 commingling of all this kind of stuff uh is something we need to really focus on in the old days if you got a if you got one of the alternative papers every city even albuquerque a mid-sized city had you know the alibi was the uh and and you know santa fe reporters been around for a while hartford connecticut near where i come from it was always the weekly newspaper the tabloid and you would pick it up and it looked a lot like news, a loose paper. It would look like the New York Post in, in tabloid form. But I think a reasonable person could see that most of the ads were for sexual related matters, uh, you know, strip clubs and per weird personal ads and a lot of, you know, artistic stuff and kind of rock concerts. And you kind of could see, OK, this is kind of alternative media. This isn't the same as if you lived in Cleveland. This is the Cleveland Plain Dealer or this is the Albuquerque uh, Journal or this is the Hartford Current. You know, you, there was there was a distinction you could see because you were physically holding a publication digitally and i'm going to walk you through exactly what what eddie asked me to do because i think it, it reveals quite a lot we're going to look at these two sites new mexico in depth and uh, source new mexico and then we're going to compare it to the albuquerque journal which regardless of its own bias at least the stories at the top of the digital masthead are legitimate news stories and i'll, I'll read you the the headlines in a second here here's new mexico in depth these are the big three at the top one which seems kind of reasonable. Albuquerque bought site of a brutal 2014 murder, uh, murders years ago. Um, that's poor language. Spurred by a talk of a memorial, but the current plan is for a nonprofit office space. Okay, that's one. The other two headlines is Ronchetti ready for tough questions. Uh, the other headline below it, the toxic legacy of uranium mining in New Mexico. Do you think those are a little more loaded stories? Maybe they carry a little more left-wing leaning. Uh, is Ron Kitty ready for tough questions? Uh, I'm still waiting for any reporter in New Mexico to ask the governor any tough questions if you if you want to go down that direction. So again, that's uh, New Mexico in depth. Uh, here's the big three. Uh, I will give you uh, four. I'll give you four. I'll give you the four headlines that are dated today from Source New Mexico. City officially shuts down Coronado Park, leaving some to find new place to sleep. Um, I think we know what the spin there is going to be. Uh, another headline, Governor praises healthcare workers as she further lifts COVID protections. This was a wow. pep rally wow. uh, for the governor. And our beloved Ooh. Austin Fisher, our little soy wow. boy, our little COVID boy, uh, wrote another press release for the governor in which Dr. Scray said that uh, the governor's wonderful and she wanted us to be number one and uh, just unbelievable and then uh, uh, uh one is complex ptsd finally has a name now those living with it want accept it acceptance that wasn't written by source new mexico it was something called cronkite news uh, i'll give you the, the other one the last one the fourth one ronchetti campaign receives donation from fake new mexico elector wow um very very curious now contrast that, that and i am no <laughs> i'm no fan of the albuquerque journal but i think maybe by their fingertips, they're trying to hold on to some degree of credibility. Here's the top uh, four stories on their digital masthead. Man fatally stabbed at park in Southeast Albuquerque. Divided APS board, that's uh, Albuquerque Public Schools, the government school district, if you don't live in Albuquerque. Board puts a pin in union contract. Judge appears willing to unveil some of Mar-a-Lago affidavit and city closes Coronado Park. The problem is, and I think the, the person who wrote that essay, Eddie, is, is really nailing it, 
to the unsophisticated reader, you're going to look at Source New Mexico and you're going to say, well, that's the same as the Albuquerque Journal. That's the same right. as the New York Times. Exactly. That's the same as CNN. Mm -hmm. These are left-wing nonprofit organizations pushing an agenda. And I will once again, if anybody at the Ron Ketty campaign is listening, commend you folks for blocking one of their official, one of their little flunkies from in, from being allowed into your, your rally because he's not a journalist. I think it's important that you realize the differences in what you're getting. And it doesn't matter what media market that you're in, 90, 95% of it now is liberal or and or politically correct and agenda driven. And those agendas are going to dictate highly, highly what is going to be the outcome of this election. It's not because Mark Ronchetti isn't the better candidate. It isn't because Mark Ronchetti didn't have a, you know, a sizable advantage in terms of uh, image, uh, I think, uh, attractiveness, we can say, you know, a <laughs> political philosophy, uh, slightly on the conservative side. Uh, none of those things are going to play very well in the media that is continuing to sort of uh, weave these various narratives about how wonderful your governor has been for the last three years. That's what the, the image that they're going to create. Even they know how to news cycle you out. It's almost a, a form of psychosis doubt where they okay. know how to just hypnotize you for the five to seven days that you say, okay, well, I guess she isn't so bad after all. I guess Tim Keller isn't so bad after all. I guess these people aren't so bad after all. And the, the idea is to tar and feather Coy Griffin or me or any conservative out there that's worth their salt. And this is one of the reasons why you don't see conservatives stand up by and large. They're trying to build relationships with a journal with a journalistic group. And, and this was a real problem for, I forget the woman from the Albuquerque Journal that continued to interview me uh, all the time. Uh, but when she was covering the mayoral election, she, she couldn't believe how much she liked me. <laughs> she had had a preconceived notion about the way that things should have gone. And they didn't, she didn't want to like me. Point is, we appreciate you listening. We know that we're giving it to you straight as we uh, possibly can. And there is another side. So the more that you can get people listening to this and sharing this information uh, each and every day, uh, the better I think it is uh, for the city at large. It's the best thing that we can uh, possibly offer, uh, folks. 550, 50, 500, that's 550, 5500 here in the Kiva. Hour two, just for you right here in the ABQ. On AM 1600KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, here on this uh, thunderstormy Thursday afternoon, 79 degrees. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Coming at you right here in the ABQ here this afternoon as uh, we have the last couple of days of uh, D Down. He'll be off all next week. A well deserved uh, timeout, uh, if you will. Go to your room, son. Oh, he'll be uh, heading out uh, to Viva Las Vegas, having a good time uh, out there. Uh, it's always nice. Uh, you will be amazed, Dowd, at uh, not only the 
number of homeless people who are there now, but the number of pot smokers that are, are on the street, I already uh, told you, it's been a banner year. First four months out of the shoot after they legalized it. April, May, June, July. Boy, record month on record month. Uh, first breaking into 25, crossing the 30, then to 35. Now over 40 million. Boy, Albuquerque's up in smoke. And nobody's buying it more than right here. And nobody has made the public correlation either. And uh, Las Vegas, wherever the pot goes, that's where the crime goes and where the economic destruction follows you will reap what you sow 550 50 500 uh Dowd looking forward to that have, do you have your itinerary planned for the week sir lots of lots of gambling i'm assuming well i am with my brother-in-law and sister and he, my brother-in-law who is a very accomplished man he set up the royal bank of scotland's operations in hong kong for two years they sent them out there and a uh, really super sharp guy and my sister says he's out since he started working from home she has to uh listen to him do his teleconferences and out of Germany and all these things, you know, in charge of all sorts of money. He helps companies legally reduce their tax burden, which makes oh, me wow. like my brother-in-law that, that much more. Uh, he loves Las Vegas more than anything in the whole world. And Eddie, you have two young boys. When you're around someone who is, in their favorite place in the world, their their, their spirit is kind of infectious. Oh, so no. it's I, I have fun just watching him. But you know, we are road tripping it back through St. George and through uh, you know the Four Corners area, and I'm finally going to be able to go see my oil and gas uh, exhibit at the Farmington Museum on the way back. And um, so it's not just Vegas for me; it's a whole southwestern extravaganza. And uh, I will say, Eddie, that I, I think I do deserve it. I think you're right about that. <laughs> absolutely. You absolutely deserve it. Well, we do hope to get a field report from Farmington up there in the Four Corners. It's been tough. Some of the highest gas prices in the state happen to be right yep. up there, folks. And yep. I don't know how many people actually know that. Um, you can look at a map. The AAA map will show you where you know gas is so incredibly expensive and uh, where it's not as expensive. And we're doing sort of middle of the road here in Bernalillo County. Down south, uh, a lot better than up here, but up north, uh, not not so good. In fact, some of the uh, most expensive areas are right there, up there in the third congressional district. And you know what's kind of amazing? Those people like to stay home. They don't travel much. There's a high level of unemployment and they vote Democrat. So again, they're trying to get internet out. I know Skylink has been trying to do that, but what information are they getting? Now, I've been chastised, criticized for jumping onto TikTok. And I've jumped onto TikTok because, uh, well, I'll tell you why, because it's a, it's a, it's a Chinese platform. Okay. And I chastise other people. Let's not forget, you know, I was, uh, this, this is sort of your new journalism, by the way, folks, people are getting their information. You, you're, you're getting the downfall of the, the New York times. You're getting the downfall of numerous new newspapers out there. You can no longer tell stories to people who don't have an ability to read nor a, attention span to consume or even process. So they process things quite a bit differently. Um, and they like it, you know, like sort of mainline the news, uh, if you will, by getting it uh, in, in an entertaining fashion. And uh, TikTok has become that uh, sort of entertainment um, tool for them where, you know, they're sort of amalgamating various pieces of information, you know, you know, like, like we're, people are talking about mosquitoes and 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 monkeys uh, here right i think we just had the new west nile virus well you know whatever they're saying on tiktok is getting a lot more attention than anything that's on the journal or anywhere else uh, at this point okay so they get that and like oh is this, here's what's really and they create and weave a new narrative that's out there okay 
um, when the politicians are out there and you see this from the left, they know how to use TikTok. They're getting their information out. Michelle Lujan Grisham, she has her minions out there doing that type of work for her, right? You got uh, Fernandez Legere. You have, you know, I don't know. What, what's the what's the first thing? Melanie Stansberry, lonely girl, when they're coming around and talking, you know, tipping their hat to the culture and they're getting it celebrated by someone who figured out how to do a little TikTok video. But they're getting that message out there. And that's where people are consuming it. It's a problem. It won't be a problem if we decide to go ahead and participate, maybe just just a little bit more. LinkedIn profiles, according to TikTok, and something called ByteDance. Are you familiar with ByteDance, uh, Dowd? Any? That's new to me. Yeah. Okay. It's all it's all it's all the rage. All the kids are doing it. LinkedIn profiles indicate 300 current TikTok and ByteDance employees used to work for Chinese state media, and some still do. 300 current employees at TikTok and the parent company. ByteDance worked for Chinese state media publications. 23 of these people appear to have been created by ByteDance directors who manage departments overseeing content partnerships, public affairs, corporate social responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. 15 indicate that ByteDance employees are also currently employed by Chinese state media entities. So they have concurrent. They're wearing many hats or whatever they wear in China, right? I don't know what to say. <laughs> Jinhua News Agency, China Radio International, China Central, China Global Televisions, the organizations were among those designated by the State Department as foreign government functionaries in 2020. 50 of the profiles represent employees that work for TikTok or on TikTok, including a content strategy manager who is formerly a chief correspondent of Jinhua News. Think of this uh, sort of as the Wuhan, right? The virus that's now infecting your children. That's where they're getting their information. Much like everything else, if you don't take an interest in what your children are interested in, your children will take you over. I'm telling you not to avoid it. Chinese state media outlets have a large presence on platform already, like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but so far they've been quiet on TikTok. They've been backdooring it. It's a really interesting algorithm with TikTok. TikTok has the best algorithm probably because it's the simplest. It literally is quantifying the amount of time that you spend on something and adding a value to it and giving you more or less based upon a very, very, very specific number. So if you spend two seconds, well, he, he kind of likes it. If he spends three seconds, he really likes it. He's, he's, he spends four seconds, he really, really likes it. If he watches the whole thing through and watches it again, give him more of that. And then all they do is they just keep mainlining and you're basically, it's that swipe, uh, you know, swipe left, swipe right on your dating apps that people have had, right? Sort of the same thing. You're only swiping one way. There's no choice. They're choosing for you based upon what they want you to see. Now, there's some advantages to this. And the advantage is, is, is if you're really interested in something, you're going to see more of it. If you share it, you like it, you save it, you're going to see more of the very same thing. The other part about it is you can get yourself locked into kind of a tunnel. This is the downfall of it. You're only going to see that and maybe only from that perspective. One of the things I can't figure out is if you start to look at conspiracy stuff, then that's all you're basically going to see all the way through. And then you're just swallowed in conspiracies and people are sort of losing their minds, literally. That's what happens. They want you to ride that wave for as long as you can stay on their platform. And I don't understand the monetization of it. That's the crazy part 
is I have yet to figure out. It's not like selling Facebook ads or Instagram, you know, influencers or I don't know, Twitter, I, you know, the ads that come along with that. I don't know how they are monetizing TikTok. But what I do know is it is a larger and larger. Like, I think there's a study out there. Look it up, Dowd, of the social media over the last two years and the social media traffic over the last two years. TikTok, I think now has more traffic than Facebook. All this happened right underneath your nose. While you were all hating on Facebook, Facebook is like, I don't know how to characterize it if you wanted to put it in a, a, more layman's terms, but you know, it's like the, it's like the, the, the network TV basically. Right. And now you've got uh, cable, you know, that was sort of like the next things, Instagram, Twitter, and then you have on demand, which is TikTok. Maybe you can kind of, you know, make the parallel that way. Look at the internet traffic doubt and that'll have that report shortly. Eddie, I'll do you one better than what you sure. said. Not only according to the uh, organization Cloudfare, uh, did TikTok beat Facebook? TikTok got more traffic than Google last year. <laughs> Even I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that one. How many times have you been on TikTok? Zero. The Rock of Talk is now on TikTok, as is Dowd as of this evening. Rock of Talk on TikTok. It's at Rock of Talk. We'll go ahead and Take little slices from the show, get it out there because that's how we have to compete. And that's what yep. we will continue to do. Okay. Yep. We have so We're much. We're also on Twitter, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Twitter. <laughs> what is Twitter? Well, Eddie, I would I was thinking when you first started talking about TikTok and people criticizing the, the Chinese origin, I thought I, I scribbled down on the screen here. Hmm, Chinese platform versus Silicon Valley platform. Chinese platform versus Silicon Valley platform. Who's more evil? You might go with China on this one. <laughs> Here's one of the amazing things that's happening. <coughs> Excuse me. With TikTok. People are able to tell their stories and control their own narrative. You're no longer just posting a story and then waiting for everybody to go ahead and comment and then having fights. There are no fights on TikTok. It's your attention just getting completely and totally consumed. So if you're running with an issue and you want to market it, well, jump on board. It's pretty easy to do. In fact, it's very easy to do. It's stuff that I've already been doing for years. You can think of TikTok a lot like you can think of radio. Keeps your attention. You're interested in the subject. You get more of it. Then you continue through the next segments, through the hour. Through the three hours. Now you're addicted. Now you want it all the time. Like, I used to get yelled at. Eddie, where are you? How come you're not on the air? <laughs> Whoa, what? <laughs> Sorry, my, uh, go to my TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what I'm going to be saying at some point. Now, um, one of the things that happens with conservative media, I get so many articles, and doubt, feel free to contribute here because I think you'll probably agree with a lot of what I'm having to say. There's so many websites. I think you say 228 websites that you're on. 232 is in my, my quiver. Okay. There's so many websites. The question now becomes, what's reliable? In a TikTok world, you don't have to worry about what is reliable, nor do you have to worry about 232 websites. This is where it gets dangerous, okay? You can't legitimize all 232 of those websites. You look at them for different reasons. 
TikTok, you're looking for one piece of content and you're going through a flow of information. And yes, it is there already. You can get shadow banned and they promote the things that they want you to see. So you get driven by that agenda. That's why radio is always going to be, folks, just so you know. Before it's news, good sciencing, KRQE, AP News, what we have here, theblaze.com. Let's see, technooptimism.substack. You know, everyone's substacking these days or trying to. They can't do it like we do. Biz Journals, RD, PC Mag, Daily Star, Untold History of a President's Family through the New Yorker and Vox. That's 14 different resources. You know what's amazing about that? Is each one of those are going to consume an ever-increasing amount of your time if you decided to try and read through all of that. No one person can, even us. Together, even Doubt and I can't get through that much information. And we read more than anybody. But if we can compound, digest, wrap it up, and then push it out in one to two minutes with an opinion that is backed up over three hours. Oh, you want to go ahead and back up? You need the record uh, as there's, you know, we can only tell you to, to do things for so long. Well, why not just give you two minutes? You're busy. You have your day and you don't have a much of an attention span. Not because of it, it's your own fault, but because of the media cycles, right? And now it's just the same way that Netflix changed the way that people watch TV and that they're literally going to fall on their own sword by binge watching because then it's, it's all disposable. It's all dispensable at that point. Same thing is now happening to news. Blog sites are going to start going away. It will be subscription only. and It will be who you listen to. You're going to have to trust the people that report. Moreover, you're going to have to know the people who are reporting on all that. So that's why you want to follow us on TikTok at Rock of Talk. And I will ban you if I don't like you. And I, I will get rid of you. Just, I just absolutely will. Okay? I just, I don't need to be harassed or anything. And I don't put it up for, I don't like social media. But we're trying to attract new people, the low information voter, the low um, attention span voter that's out there. And then what are they talking about in the TikTok world? As it pertains to us in the Kiva conservative world. Kind of hard to make that handshake. A lot of celebrities, a lot of crap that's just being doled out all the time. You're like, what? why am I paying attention to this? Why do I care? Well, <sighs> thank God for TikTok because... I'm now going back to when I started this radio station. When I started this radio station, and the very first people that I put on, Dennis Miller, he had a certain guy who hosted and sat in for him. And I happened to hang out uh, quite a bit with Larry O'Connor at CPAC, and we're going to take our time. It's going to be a little bit of a different show the rest of the way this afternoon because we're going we're gonna to read through some news. We're going we're gonna to go over the rust. Uh, you know, the FBI's come out with their own, the medical investigators coming out with their own evidence. Of course, it's going to be mutually uh, contradictory uh, for uh, on purpose, by the way. You can, you can, you know that they're working in conjunction. It's, and it's important for you. And we'll do a little TikTok video so you can get it out and you can tell people to listen and whatever. Okay? I, I really don't care about that. Andrew Breitbart sat in for an entire week, a week before he died. He gave a speech at CPAC, and his was the first death that came into question, like real question. 
I was watching him last night, some old videos of him up on Bill Maher. There's a video of him while he's sitting with another man. And they're having their little forum back in 2010. And one of the guys says, yeah, that'll happen when Trump is president. It was 2010. And I'm sitting there shaking my head like, what is this all? Was all the world just being set up? Every, all this stuff, do they know the next steps? Was he put into place? This, is this the way it's supposed to be happening? Andrew Breitbart was a father, a conservative commentator, one of the best conservative leaders at the time of his death at the age of 43. He was laying waste to the liberals, and he, I give complete and total credit for the Tea Party movement, top to bottom. I would put him far above even Steve Bannon, and I think Steve Bannon himself would put Breitbart. Now, he is a converted liberal, raised Jewish, raised in a liberal family. In fact, uh, there's some communist underpinnings in his background. Understood the enemy and never stopped fighting once he uh, converted over to conservatism. Okay, Not the Republican Party, because he fought the Republican Party as well. And he spent the last couple of hours of his life, and this blows me away, okay, with a guy by the name of Arthur Arthur Sando, 71 years of age. Like, okay, well, I got to go start looking this guy up and lurking all about Arthur Sando. Okay, what is uh, what, what's he about? Why is he, this is the last person that Andrew Breitbart found alive? And we start getting into, I start thinking about Seth Rich, start thinking about all these, you know various things. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, who's Arthur Sando? Veteran PR executive for Ted Turner and Larry Flint. (laughs) The people versus Larry Flint, Ted Turner, basically, you know, part of the uh, communist uh, news network or the Clinton news network, however you want to go ahead and uh, characterize that. He collapsed and died of a heart attack September 3rd of 2019, he headed something called Sando Communications based in Washington, D.C. When did he get that? When did he get promoted? When did he get launched into the stratosphere in his career? The very same year that Andrew Breitbart died. He was a PR executive for CNN, Turner Broadcasting. VP of Communications and Marketing. He built the company's PR department and built offices around the world for CNN. He was also part of the Turner's Goodwill Games and also, according to Variety, helped bridge the Cold War gap between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. This was the man that Andrew Breitbart spent the last couple of hours supposedly at a bar drinking a glass of wine. And what happened is they were gaslighting everybody. They were saying that he had health problems. He had health issues. Andrew Breitbart's not healthy. Look at him. If you watch that video with Bill Maher back in uh, 2010, you're going to see a very healthy, very vibrant man with likely no health issues, regardless of what you hear. Okay? And they always, like, try to make you 
believe something or think something about the person who recently passed. This is what's happened with Anne Hesh. This is what's happened with, you know, and we're going to get into this, okay? Because there's a lot here to unpack, more than, more than we can do on a radio program. The, the, the job of this radio program is to get you thinking, because this is what people are talking about now on TikTok, not, not Breitbart. They're talking about Anne Hesh. But we have the depth. We've been at this for 10 years. It's been a long time since I've talked about Andrew Breitbart, and I called into his show, and I was a caller, and I was like, who's Andrew Breitbart? You know, oh, oh my gosh, who, who isn't Andrew Breitbart? I want to be Andrew Breitbart. According to uh, Variety, Sando, remembered by friends and colleagues for his dry sense of humor, steadiness in crimes of crisis, and devotion to his family as to grandchildren. He was also included as part of the news cable TV pioneers. He got launched into the stratosphere of the National Cable and Telecommunications Association. Is also a big part of some big networks and also served as press secretary for, look him up, U.S. Representative James Hanley and also headed corporate affairs for Comstat Corporation and Windstar Communications, formerly your, cor- your, your, your local uh, networks before they became Comcast. Comcast. That was the person that was with Andrew Breitbart for two hours. Now, I'm not accusing him of anything, but doesn't that sort of seem sort of uncanny for a man who is as healthy as he is and was representing the entire other side of the media? Remember, Breitbart came out with big media, right? Big government, big Hollywood, big Wall Street. He had all this, and then it eventually became Breitbart. He segmented each of those, what he was focused. He's the one who taught us how to think about the way the world is working. Financial Center, New York City, Washington, D.C., the political center, Hollywood Center, of course, Los Angeles, right, right where Breitbart uh, was in Brentwood. Those are the influences and the influencers. Now, coming from that, that was the first two years. One of the things that Breitbart had, and he famously exclaimed before dying, is he said he had something. He said he's had, he had something, and you need to pay attention to it, okay? He had something on Obama. While Obama was at Harvard, <clears throat> I didn't know he was at Harvard, really, but I, <laughs> I knew Michelle was at Princeton, your next president, by the way. <laughs> she has that very famous uh, write-up, the very communist, socialist write-up, the anti-American. I, finally, I'm proud of my country, Doubt. Right? Never was proud until her husband was elected president. It's all about you, Shelly. It's all about you. Larry Solov wrote in Big Journalism, one of Breitbart's websites, we lost a husband, a father, a son, a brother, dear friend, patriot, and happy warrior. Walking near his house in Brentwood shortly after midnight when he collapsed. Fox News' Sean Hannity said Thursday that Breitbart had heart problems about a year ago. Scratched my head. Huh, someone told Hannity, and Hannity repeated something that he heard, but he did not verify. Because if you asked Andrew's family, he didn't have heart problems. <laughs> right? The plot thickens. We, we all know where this is. We could write the rest of these stories. I don't, every conspiracy story, story is not supposed to be successful and truthful, but inevitably it goes right into that direction. Like, oh, yeah, that all makes sense, right? I mean, Kennedy... Marilyn Monroe, I don't know, just keep going back to every one of those, and you still don't know the whole thing. There's more questions than answers still 58 years on. 
We're all stunned and saddened by the news of his passing. That's shocking. Obviously, prayers go out, said Rick Santorum. What a huge loss, in my opinion. Santorum, uh, you know, uh, stoutly conservative to the right of just about everybody at the time. It was Huffington, Ariana Huffington. He started Huffington Post before he split off into Breitbart. He did not share her political philosophies. One of the other first shows that I used to air was a uh, recap of the week in the media by Ariana Huffington. It it was very liberal. It was a round table that uh, was not very well-rounded. It was a liberal, liberal, very liberal, sort of moderate liberal. And they were calling it balance from all, that's all, balance. all part, that was their balance. I forget who is on if it. If you're a coastal elite, that's balance. Yes, yes. Look at James Carville's latest, uh, latest things uh, out loud about the FBI. I was asked many times, Ariana said uh, this morning for my thoughts on what Andrew meant to the political world. But all I can think of at the moment is what Andrew meant to me as a friend. They always say that. Bright Barg was a pugnacious stalwart who aggressively promoted conservative causes. What else did he do? Besides having these, quote-unquote, Harvard tapes that were supposed to come out that were going to expose Barack Obama and shake the country to its core, which we never got to see. and We'll talk about that momentarily. He led the charge, and he leaked something over a uh, social media company called Twitter. He is the man who posted the naked pictures of the now totally disgraced representative Anthony Weiner, Democrat out of New York, and forced him to resign. Carlos Danger, remember? He was Bro. hacked. He was hacked. <laughs> Andrew Breitbart is the one who did that. Do you guys remember who his wife was? His wife was Hillary Rodham Clinton's closest confidant. Yeah, basically. Yeah. She literally would put Hillary Clinton to bed. Uma Abedin. Just look her up. She was closer to the Clintons than any other person. And after this disgrace came through and everything, was there motivation? Is that enough motivation? Could we also suggest, quite forcefully, because of the threat being issued by Breitbart against Obama, that he sort of stepped ahead of himself? He was also involved in the Acorn Pimp Sting videos that James O'Keefe and Hannah Giles created. Yes, that James O'Keefe. The man who has continued to do the very work that Breitbart started. They engaged in a sting operation in Las Vegas, Nevada, no less, which is where all the acorn stuff really got going. And it showed the workers providing advice how to engage in illegal activities. Big government, big journalism, big peace, big Hollywood, big Wall Street. His last project before he died, an anti-Occupy Wall Street film with Citizens United and Steve Bannon. Questions came out. He died at 43? Who dies at 43? New York Magazine wrote, Andrew Breitbart murdered for nothing. You read the comment sections of any stories about the untimely death of Breitbart, and you're already aware of the 43-year-old provocateur. We're all bound to law by describing that way, by the way. 
who friends say suffered from a history of heart problems, no proof, by the way, no proof, was actually, according to the write-up, murdered by somebody, some combination of Obama, the Illuminati, the elders of Zion, and Jack Ruby. The reason, during CPAC earlier this month, Breitbart revealed that he acquired damning tapes at Harvard. Classic liberal counter. Everyone's a conspiracy theorist. To this day, you cannot find anything listed in either Reuters, where the link was originally to out of the Intelligencer and New York Mag, or the AP or anything that would validate and verify what would likely be, right, uh, when you have the medical records, you're sealed, and you say, yeah, I had a history of heart problems. Oh, really? Did you get his medical records? How did <laughs> when did you see them? Did he tell you he had heart problems? Did he come out and say it? You can't ever find one place ever where he had it. We have no idea what the hell he was talking about there, the intelligence says. But it doesn't matter. The point is there's a video, something vaguely radical sounding on it, and Breitbart was going to release it. And so Obama, the Freemasons, and at the superhighway, see? Ridicule. You can't argue with them. They're making fun of us. We're all a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Yet you go and you make links to the very things, and they don't exist anymore because the family has had them removed because they were in the crosshairs of getting sued. When are we going to come to our senses and start realizing that Seth Rich, Andrew Breitbart, yes, we're going to go right here to Santa Fe, New Mexico, what happened up north? I didn't realize what Ann Hesch and the congresswoman from Indiana, along with the woman who is filming, yes, folks, the woman who is filming Rust up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, how they were all related. We'll talk about that uh, when we return here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, com. Sorry for the long open here, but we'll develop this more through the next uh, hour and a half. A lot of reading to get through to get to this point. And we'll also uh, feature in all of this a uh, man by the name of Michael who lost his life on the streets of Los Angeles, Michael Hastings. And... We'll try to talk about who killed him. And if you have any thoughts on the matter, please text him in 550 Burton. There's a battle ahead, many battles are lost, but you never see the end of the road while you're traveling with me. Head now, head now, don't dream it's over. 
between us. Michael Hastings, Andrew Breitbart, and Hesh. Uh, we played uh, her little clip yesterday, which was uh, pretty mesmerizing. And then, of course, uh, Seth Rich. At every single point where these people are trying to expose something, we never finally get the full story. Um, the guy that uh, <laughs> that was going to tell the story uh, I, I, I'll, it'll take five seconds for someone to text me. And I just want to see if our audience, how much they're paying attention, who lost his life on a bridge in Flagstaff. Was it going to out Tom Hanks? Right. Why, why did he suddenly die? Oh, he's crazy. He, he, he couldn't be trusted. He had this whole thing that he was talking about. Seth and uh, robot chicken and, you know, everything that was happening in this pedophile world of Hollywood and the elites. Had he ever heard of Michael Collins Piper? He always said that the Alex Jones was a shill creationist. Uh, there it is. Took two seconds for the CIA. I don't know where we're at with Alex Jones. I'm not paying attention to him, but nothing has happened to him. I think that has been totally devastating. In fact, he is capped. Speaking of, that uh, was Isaac Cappy. There's a video of him a minute before he dies on a bridge. You can see that on. I forget the name of the, uh, the guy that's up up north in Minnesota. He has a show. By the way, our friend Edward Zal, who helped me tell the story of uh, none other than the Epstein Ranch. And there's, what, an hour and a half of good film, I think, on that doubt. I think you were you were impressed by the yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what came out of that. And, and by the way, this is not where Dowd likes to play. This is not his area. So he's he's this is not what he's interested in, uh, by and large. He's a policy guy. It's tangible. How can we improve? Here's the economics. This is what the data tells us. Like, this is not where, where he plays. Okay. So, well, Eddie, you know, it's, it's, it's just to respond to the bright part stuff. Um, sure. I, people know I probably once a week mentioned Adam Carolla because it's such an entertaining podcast. Adam, every couple months, will mention that he, in the early days of his podcast, Andrew Breitbart came to, I think he was still broadcasting out of his home yeah. back then when he, right. I mean, Adam Carolla is one of the three people along with the, Mark Marin and Joe Rogan, who just created the podcasting world. They didn't even know what they were doing 12 or 13 years ago. Marin from and, Albuquerque. And he, uh, Breitbart came by and Adam said, oh, I'm going out to see this. I got a pass to go see some movie or something. And he went out to the movies with Breitbart that afternoon. And I think it was within like 20, 48 hours and Breitbart was dead. And Adam always says, I was one of the last people to see Breitbart alive, and I really liked and respected him. We went out to a movie together on the spur of the moment, and I I don't understand how he could just end up dead. Uh, and I, I think very highly of Adam Carolla. So uh, you know, I, I, let's let's keep looking at Andrew Breitbart if there's something there. Yeah, well, there is, and um, you know, we'll never get the full story, and that's the idea. The idea is that you will never get the full story, but that has to be enough for you to believe it his untimely death, the family he leaves behind, the fact that he was actually quite vibrant, quite healthy. You ever hear about how these people who are so mean that they don't die, you know, are so full of life that they don't die no matter what is really ailing them, right? People generally aren't ready to die. They don't die until they're ready to die, right? You kind of have that. Uh, My mother calls it turning your face to the wall uh, when because a lot of old people have died in our family. And she says there's a point where you just sort of decide that it's your time. And young, vibrant people 
know, they tend to have something to live for and they wake up the next morning every night. So we're going to get to some of the stuff that's circulating and it's now made its way to TikTok and it's going to get banned and you got to keep putting it up there. Okay. Because the Illuminati, the dark underbelly, uh, if you want to refer to them uh, as the upside down, you could do that as well. If you'd like for you, uh, stranger, stranger things, fans um, uh, out there. Um, it's, it's any way that you want to refer to it. Okay. Last week, This is coming out of the New York Post and didn't really get a whole lot of publicity. It was slow news. It didn't really trend, but it should have caught your eye because it had to do with the Capitol, having returned from the Capitol back in April, had a great time. Just had a great time in D.C. Love D.C. I really do. I love, uh, I love the fact that you can get through the whole entire city and just on a moped. And you see a picture on the page that is a click that says man crashes car near u.s capitol barricade opens fire and then kills himself <clears throat> now we've discussed mk ultra we've discussed you know these things in the past take notes as i throw these things out you could do yourself a whole lot better by delving into this i mean if you look at the uh, uh the the born identity you know that's that that's mk ultra a man not knowing his identity, a man that's triggered, activated by certain words to do certain things, and suddenly he knows way more than he should and not enough about himself. Every single time that there's like a school shooting, every single time that there's these things that are inexplicable, immediately the first thing that comes to mind, well, he was activated. That should cross your mind. These people don't just do this stuff on a whim or they plan this. They, obviously, this was not planned. A man crashing into a barricade near the U.S. Capitol. Any idiot knows that you're not going to be able to get through. And there's police everywhere, especially after, as they refer to it, J6. A man drove a vehicle in a barricade near the U.S. Capitol early on Sunday, opened fire in the street before fatally turning the gun on himself as his car burst into flames, authorities said. Nobody else was injured in the 4 a.m. incident. The purpose of this. 4 a.m., Richard York, 29, Delaware, rammed a car into an east barricade at the East Capitol Street on 2nd in Washington, D.C., according to the U.S. Capitol Police. The car became engulfed in flames. Of course it did. When the driver got out and he subsequently fired several shots into the air, police said. Then he turned the gun on himself. At this time, it does not appear the man was targeting any members of Congress. At 4 a.m. in Congress, what are you thinking was he drunk did anybody do any sort of <laughs> test on the man no there's nothing just a man who disappeared who created this and like okay little training ground i see trying to ram through barricades uh in a vehicle that burst into flames on fire and then at the bottom you get of course the public psa if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts blah 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 call 1-800 blah 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 that's what it does every single time okay not making light of suicide it's just what you will always, always have underneath all of these comments, and I swear it's like a gathering place for the CIA and the FBI and various other agencies to go ahead and gather up all the crazies. They couldn't help themselves, Dowd. They had to go and comment, and these notoriously have the most comments, and the comments are never taken down. Well, guess who has all your information when you comment on these things? Those news publications that you trust so much, 
with your identity, your IP address, because, oh, and your two-factor authentication when you decide to go ahead and comment, okay? Well, if you believe this, you are now on the list. And if you posted a comment on a story like this, this is meant to gather you because they're the people who think like us. Now, everybody knows I think like this, okay? I, it's, I don't worry about being on any list or any other whatever else that's going on, although the Muslim community should be worried about being on a list. The man himself has yet to come out, out uh, just as an aside, a digression for a moment, if you'll, you don't mind uh, excusing it. The man, Saeed, at the Islamic Center, I still have yet, as of today, today, this is Thursday, August the 18th. I believe all this stuff, the last one, August 1st and 5th, we're now 13 days away. And the president of the Islamic Center, Ahmed Assad, as well as the other investigators involved, have yet to come out and deny me, deny me that the man had a hit list within the Islamic Community Center. Oh, and they're also uh, very publicly denouncing. By the way, we were the only ones that said it was Shia and uh, Shiite. Uh, uh, what, what, what's the what's Sunni, the conflict? Sunni yeah. Shiite uh, conflict. They've been. They actually came out with news stories. This is how we know that they listened to us. We're the only news organization that actually talked about that. Nobody else said that. Nobody else said that. Okay. Uh, we're also the only news organization that's going to repeat the the quote, and I put it out on our Twitter account. One more reason you should subscribe to our Twitter account, folks. Uh, in up in Española, they had a memorial service. The brother of one of the victims, and I'm going to read word for word Please. what he said. Uh, and Lonely Girl and Governor Lujan Grisham, I hope you're listening. This is these are the words of the brother of one of the victims. Quote: I have never thought that my brother was shot by people from here. I could speak hours about the kind of love you see here. We came from a different country with the passion that we could do something better. There is no hate or organized campaign against Muslims in the state of New Mexico. That is the word-for-word -word quote from a brother of one of the victims. Where are the apologies from the politicians who are profiting from this? Mylon Simonich, uh, was there a retraction uh, ever uh, issued uh, on any of his news stories? Uh, I think he admittedly can go ahead and confirm based upon that statement. And that statement alone, uh, with all of the, um, and thank you for expressing that, with the, just the right. Uh, I, I, I have a little emotion about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you should. I think you should because, you know, we're still waiting for the apology to come from the politicians for gaslighting the entire marketplace about this. And, and it's even the other news organizations that are, quote unquote, partners or uh, in, in sort of um, working fashion with with us, ABQ Raw, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They, they, I didn't realize this. I went on the ABQ Raw website. I still can't get, it doesn't matter if I subscribe to ABQ Raw, I still can't get past because I'm banned from YouTube. I'm literally, I showed you that. Have you, right. have you posted that photo yet? <laughs> I, I got to get around. I'm literally banned from YouTube. Dowd, you can see it. And by the way, you don't have to subscribe to get all of ABQ Raw's raw homicidal stuff, uh, the latest homicide on there. I was able to read it on somebody's phone, um, although uh, just being logged in as a, you know, age 18. So they got to, they got to uh, have their own uh, service. So yeah, there you go. The India, India Palace. Yeah. Hateful people. Uh, the hateful people of New Mexico. They came and they wrote the sand N-words. Uh, they're, they're coming, taking us down. Uh, two years hence, what do you have? Zilch, nada, nothing, zippo. Right? You never will. We are loving people. Actually, I like that. We are it's loving It's a beautiful people. sentiment. And you know we what? We are it's, loving it's, people. It's pretty true in my experience it in is. New Mexico. That's I true. come from part of the country where people are 
very type A, aggressive, not friendly. Uh, most of my dealings with people in New Mexico are very positive. Okay, so the man crashes near the Capitol at 4 a.m. Why? anybody ever try to put like these big pieces together? I know Clyde tries to do a lot of this stuff and I think he does a remarkable job. I love Clyde Lewis. I, I really do. I love Clyde. I love his show. I love the risks he takes his original thinking. Last night was chemtrails. Awesome stuff. Clyde keep doing it. Keep, keep blazing the new trails. It's important. It's new information. It's not cycled news. It is open commentary, exploratory. That's what you get with coast to coast. It's what you get with Clyde Lewis. It's good. And then you got the news all morning. The news I'm actually listening to. It's, it's great stuff. All right. Why man crashes car near Capitol? Well, cause you got to start crowding the event that recently happened, which is Anne Hesh. We'll get to her momentarily. Let's not forget Going all the way back, remember, we're going to expose. I'm going to show you what Obama did at Harvard. I think it had something to do with his sexuality, or I think it had something to do with his communist underpinnings, or something along those lines, I think, is more or less. We, we, or, or, we, or that he was the editor of Harvard Law Review, but never wrote an article for that publication. That's my personal me. favorite. Or, yeah. uh, or, or the fact that he was ever even in attendance to a significant amount to draw a degree. You know, I, I believe that we're... Transcripts uh, requested and never received, I believe. Uh, I believe that is the case, yes. Yeah, yeah that is the case uh, with uh, your you know, 42nd president, 43rd pre 44th president, there it is, 44. <laughs> Andrew Breitbart dies under mysterious circumstances. News tries to you know ridicule, make fun of us, we're all conspiracy theorists. He spends his time, his last couple of hours, right, with one of the biggest, guys on the left side connected directly to CNN, which is the Clinton News Network in uh, Mr. Sando, Arthur Sando, who died of, quote unquote, heart disease or whatever at the age of 71. Likely story. So it's, it's fine. What I haven't talked to you about yet is Michael Hastings. A New York magazine wrote about this and they, they wrote this in no tongue in cheek, actual seriousness. Ben Wallace November 8, 2013. Who was Michael Hastings? What did he do? He took part in panel discussions. He's the one who put the Young Turks on the map. It was on current TV at the time of his airing. It was a documentary, War on Whistleblowers, Free Press in the National Security State, interviewed on the Young Turks on a talk show on current TV. Hastings railed against the Obama administration, which has clearly declared war on the press. The only recourse, he said, was for the press to respond. We declare war on you. They did not. They bowed. They worshipped. They became Obama. You might remember famously Donald Trump at the National Press Corps big party dinner, getting insulted openly and in a giant room. You might remember... President Donald Trump getting insulted by Obama himself while he was president, dropping his phone. It says, well, at least, Donald, I will be president. We're going to pick it up there when we return uh, right here in the Kiva, and uh, we'll continue on this. So as they all of these same ways that this has happened before are happening again. Michael Hastings in a burnt out car in the middle of the night, losing control of his vehicle going at speeds through the city of Los Angeles and bursting into flames. 
He lost his life there. We'll be back after the top of the hour news right here in the Kiva on AM 1600 KIVA, BQ.FM, That's rockoftalk.com. And don't forget, you can always watch us at rockoftalk.tv as well. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in into the Kiva Hour 3. You and me and the dad will make three when we return. Thanks for listening. Feels the way I do about you now. Backbeat, the word is on the street that the fire in your heart is out. I'm sure you've heard it all before, but you never really had a doubt. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. And all the roads we have to walk are winding. And all the lights that lead us there are blinding. There are many things that I would like to say to you, but I don't know how. Because maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. And after all, you're my wonder one. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. She acts like summer and walks like rain Reminds me that there's a time to change Since the return of her stay on the moon She listens like spring and she talks like June Tell me, did you sail across the sun? Did you make it to the Milky Way to see the lights all fading? And that heaven is overrated. Tell me, did you fall from a shooting star? One without a permanent scar. And then you missed me while you were looking for yourself out there. She's back from that soul vacation Tracing her way through the constellation She checks out most of what she does Chapel reminds me that there's room to grow Now that she's back in the atmosphere I'm afraid that she might think of me as they don't change, oh, sorry about a man who was too afraid to fly, so we never did land. But tell me, did the wind sweep you off your feet? Did you finally get the chance to dance along a lot of days? Get back to the Milky Way. But tell me, Venus, blow your mind. Was it everything you wanted to find? And then you missed me while you were looking for yourself out there. In the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. 
I'm Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, Rock of Talk. Damn, that band is so darn good. I don't know what else to say about them. It's Train. Uh, I'm reading this amazing article here that uh, I get on the DeSantis Daily. And uh, no, folks, I'm not on some sort of weird train. Speaking of trains, uh, we are on the uh, American train. And that is to try to preserve our republic. If you can keep it, folks, that's where we are at. And we all got to start coming together very quickly or you will lose it. You just heard the top of the hour news, 87,000. IRS agents, I just saw the blast. Dowd, please subscribe to Sarah Carter. Uh, there is remarkable video of the training grounds in St. George, Utah, uh, where the IRS is actually training. And uh, it, folks, it's a real video. My friend Brian sent me a link, and I'm like, well, IRS, you know, they've got live, live rounds and all. <laughs> wow an actual video in the promotional element of the Internal Revenue Service as officers of the government coming to arrest by way of force people who aren't paying their taxes. Yes, folks. And the man that they featured was a landscaper. That's who they're trying it out on. A man who just does landscaping. <laughs> The man who's probably least least capable of doing, um, I don't know, QuickBooks, whatever he's using, I don't know, Quicken, whatever you happen to happen to do out there, and it's uh, you shouldn't you need to see it. SarahCarter.com, she's amazing. Todd Starnes, I, I know I get a lot of uh, a little bit of flack from uh, D. Dowd Muska, and, and rightfully so. I love I love Todd. I just happen to love him because I spent some time with him up at at Fox News, and I think he was forcefully pushed out for doing something I do every single day here in the Kiva, but he didn't get away with it because it's a PC world at the Fox news headquarters um, <laughs> in uh, New York city. And I felt so bad for him because that is a man who tells the truth. Sarah Carter tells the truth. Um, Todd went and bought a radio station. I, I don't know if he got inspiration from me. He also said that I could host his national show anytime that I wanted to go ahead and do that. And he's got about 80 different affiliates throughout the country. He's on when rush was on and, He's just got a good way about him. He's somebody that you just trust. Uh, uh, his his uh, his difference with doubt has nothing to do with anything having to, you know, uh, that needs to be sort of verbalized here. But uh, we're all on the same side. And this DeSantis piece is amazing because he was on Glenn Beck. And if you heard this Glenn Beck interview here on our radio station with Ron DeSantis, the DeSantis Daily pushes out, it says, DeSantis just told Glenn Beck the truth about his relationship with Donald Trump. Joe Biden and the Democrats are willing to do whatever it takes to stop Donald from running for president 24. They're putting this out on the DeSantis daily. This might as well look as a promotional piece for Donald Trump. Just imagine that this is, this is something that's advancing the cause for Ron DeSantis. Okay. Merrick Garland proved, his, proved this last week and he ordered 30 armed FBI agents to raid Donald Trump's private residence in Mar-a-Lago over documents he had in his possession from his time in the White House. 
Outside of Donald Trump, there's no other Republican who terrifies Democrats more than Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Outside of Donald Trump, it didn't try to make them compete. It said outside of Donald Trump, they also fear Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis goes on our air with Glenn Beck this morning. Polls consistently show that Donald Trump decides not to run for president 2024. The GOP nomination will go to DeSantis for the taking if he wants it. They're literally saying the DeSantis camp and the DeSantis Daily. Subscribe at DeSantisDaily.com. This is beautiful. This is what we need. DeSantis was just down south with Mark Ronchetti. There's no war in camps right now. We're trying to save the republic. We're trying to save this country. Left-wing media spent the past several months attempting to manufacture a feud between Trump and DeSantis over the 24 presidential primary to try and tear them apart and drag them down. It continues, Trump and DeSantis have repeatedly denied the rumors of any sort of feud. In fact, Donald lives in my state. We're friends. Instead, telling reporters that they are, quote, friends and political allies. Not only that, DeSantis is also headlining rallies for Trump-backed candidates this week in New Mexico, Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. During an appearance on Sunday on Glenn Beck, DeSantis once again shut down rumors of a feud. When asked about his working relationship with the former president, DeSantis told Beck that the rumors are just desperate attempt by the left to create division in the Republican Party. He says, and I quote the media, they know the Democrats are going to have a rough 22 and they want to try to figure out ways the Republicans up, trip the Republicans up. So just because I've become well-known now for governor, they're trying to do that. DeSantis continued before adding, what I'm focused on now is beating the left. He continues says that he's not even thinking about running for president in 2024. 550-50-500-614 here in the Kiva. Good start uh, here. Good, good, good week of shows, really. I've enjoyed myself. I no doubt his as well as he's enjoyed his time uh, in his 50th birthday week. He has now me. He has now my full one hundred percent commitment to the show. It hasn't hasn't always been there the way that he's wanted it. So uh, that's part of his birthday uh, gift uh, as well. Got more more coming. Um, Marco Rubio. Very quickly before we jump back into Hesh, Hastings, Breitbart, Seth Rich. I mean, we could talk about this for weeks on end. Since dropping her massive quarter two haul, Pelosi puppet opponent against Marco Rubio has managed to raise a whopping $4.8 million in Florida. She raised more money than Marco Rubio. Folks, Marco Rubio is on the ropes. New polls coming out have him within an earshot of losing that Senate race. That would be seismic because he was a presidential candidate. One of the things that you get as being part of someone, a cadre of individuals who ran for the Republican presidency, generally by and large is a lot of national donors, Republicans with your moneyed interests and your private businesses. I realize we're coming out of COVID and you're afraid of the IRS. Please find ways to part with some cash that you have. I can give airtime. I can do everything I can on my part. I cannot give cash. I cannot support candidates financially. Please, I ask, I implore you to help whatever candidates that you can, especially and including the ones for governor, the ones for statewide offices, which are all, all going to have a very difficult time. 
getting over the mass media that is out there telling a different side of the story. Anybody look at the uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham commercial, the disgusting, where she sells herself as this family woman who was dragging her kids. She was in the midst of a divorce with her husband, Mr. Grisham. And she paints herself as this person who loved her husband, Greg, who died of an aneurysm. And now Greg Zanetti didn't comment on this, but I happen to know the stories. Dead men tell no tales, right? You go through the Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Dead men tell no tales. Great way to characterize this episode. Dead men tell no tales. Greg Grisham, well, had an aneurysm. Dory died of an aneurysm and mom had to come to our rescue. Well, where's your other daughter? Where's your black where's your black son-in-law? With your daughter. Michelle Hung Grisham. You want to play the black card all the time. You want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Where's your black son-in-law? How come he's not featured? Why, Michelle Lujan Grisham, did you not get married until after your mother died? You were engaged to this poor man for, I don't know, umpteen years? Famously, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham would not sleep with her husband, Mr. Greg Grisham, for a number of years. Hated it. Would talk at parties, laugh and joke. She was, back in law school, she was the uh, sort of the... uh, Comedian, the jester of the court of the New Mexico Law School. Oh, you should hear the stories I know about Michelle Lujan Grisham. Loves being the center of attention. Always has to be the center of the party. Some of those people closest to her literally exclaimed out loud, heaven help us if she ever gets to become governor. She has plowed through no less than a press secretary and 26 cabinet members during her tenure. She is ruthlessly, ruthlessly mean, dictatorial, and horrible to those around her. Every single person save her Dr. Scrace, is disposable at the drop of a hat. She makes examples of everyone around her. She's attempted to position herself as someone who's a nice woman, a mother, someone who's loving, who's always there for her kids. Also very famously, Michelle Lujan Grisham resigned as the Department of Health Secretary under duress for a situation that should be a campaign issue, but is not. I don't know why. These are all things that if I were running for governor that I'd be bringing up at every single turn. I think Dowd's got a portfolio probably three inches thick. Yeah. Because of the rap sheet that uh, she'd get at Burnco, a few these politicians who are not Republican or who are actually, yeah, who are not Republican, would actually get prosecuted for in the state of New Mexico. Let's not forget she comes from the uh, same party as the many Aragon. Amongst other 
very interesting characters that have flooded the left. So we'll talk more about that as we get more. But remember, folks, I'm not suicidal. Just FYI for all of you out there. Just something happened to me. Um, I, unlike Happy, actually have a dead man switch. You might want to think more about that. 550-50-500 is not a threat. It's just something that you have to do to preserve yourself. And we're also on air, and it's a legitimate news source here at the top of the hour with all the information that we flood the news. At the very end of the AM dial, after you took out my translator, you know, I was actually told, doubt interestingly enough, I haven't even let you talk. We're 22 minutes into the third hour here. Um, doubt I was told that they did find the person who took down my tower. I don't have a name. And the person who knows that they found the person who took down the tower also doesn't have a name. Mm. So should I believe that they actually found the person who took down the uh, radio transmitter at the top, which is, uh, he went to jail. All he said is, he went to jail for a very long time. Do you believe that, Doubt? Do you, do you honestly believe that? They're claiming he was prosecuted for something else and is in jail right now? I mean, because I think it would be public knowledge if he were prosecuted for going after the Kiva. I mean, that's a public record. It's a criminal prosecution. Can we can we serve? All right, Heidi can't say anything. Okay, I'm just I'm just. That's, that, those are the questions that? that come to mind. I, yeah, I okay. but can we serve an IPRA on it and actually get the information? And if they don't provide it, can we sue whoever doesn't provide us the information? And you know, whatever. Yeah. Aren't we owed some sort of penalty? I mean, can't they, I, by the very least, at IHateEddieAragon.com, can't I go and find the information on it? Well, if this person cost money, and I know he did, uh, you could go in a civil suit. If that person's convicted, it would help. Uh, a lawyer would be happy to take your uh, your case for a civil complaint to re to recover losses by his act of vandalism against you. Uh, interesting. The, the Goldman family went after OJ. I mean. Eddie, the 85,000 new IRS agents being hired is nothing to worry about since they're all just going to audit Donald Trump. Wow. <laughs> Don't touch the rest of us. As I recall, she had a cheerful resignation, was complaining that the job was more than she could bear. Tearful resignation. Did she cry during her resignation from the Department of Health? Oh. I, don't, I don't remember anything. Hey, the Green Dart program is specifically manufactured to assassinate while making it look like an accident, a vehicle crash, or wiring problem. That's where I got the saying I always use. Accidents happen every day. Some are happier than others. Well, some accidents are more green dart than others. Wow. The program is still one of the most tight-lipped programs that has ever been fielded by the joint venture between the Army and the CIA. Uh, Business Insider, I guess, had a write-up on the whole thing. Ukrainians have found mystery warheads that look like darts. They're Russia's new weapon. Mystery munitions are decoys meant to trick air defense radars and heat-seeking missiles. They are each about a foot long and shaped like a dart with an orange tail. One expert called the discovery of these decoys a quote-unquote uh, intelligence bonanza for the West. All of this uh, written in the Insider, Insider Business News and more. Thanks, Rob, for that. At Fort Huachuca, did I get that right? Huachuca? Northrop Grumman was training local police departments on how to deploy and fly the MQ-5 drone. I don't know what that is. What Do you know what an MQ-5 drone is? <clears throat> Here's what I think they used on Michael Hastings. Aerial aircraft. Yeah. Here's what I think I used on Michael Hastings, Eddie. A very small, almost undetectable anti-personnel, anti-vehicle drone dart missile that worked at Northrop Grumman. That I worked on at Northrop Grumman in 2010. They were repurposing the MQ-5s for use in various law enforcement capacities, and it was said that these particular reworked Hunter MQ-5 drones, even though they are flying over heavily populated areas within the continental U.S., were equipped with retrofitted and green dart missiles. 
Did anybody else see the, uh, did anybody else see the, uh, military helicopter flying over the, um, Southern part of the city today? Was, was I the only person who saw that? Was I seeing things? It was flying very low, um, near the university of New Mexico football stadium. It was flying and I didn't know if it was just like a sortie that they were running for training, but they generally don't fly out there. They generally fly out towards the back of the mountain and the other side. And generally fly, uh, helicopters are flying. It's generally the medical uh, uh, copters that are flying to refuel at the University of New, I mean, from the University of New Mexico and Rust Medical Center um, to um, to the fueling station at the, um, excuse me, Sunport, uh, at the Albuquerque Sunport. That's generally where they refuel. And I know the place where they, I mean, you could drive right up to it, right up to the, the place where it's at. So, um, but if anybody else noticed that, I'd love to hear from you uh, on that. <clears throat> Eddie, I thought this afternoon also as another note, APD does not use, does use a number of drones now. That's fine. What, why would we have problems with that? With drones? I think that's great. Good for APD. The force. Oh, the force. Want to be a part of the force? Just say no. Right, Darren White? <laughs> This is uh, how's this just saying the rapper, the rapper? Oh, the the rapper, Darren White. He white, just say no. Last song heard on the radio, morning of 9 11, 2001. Drops of Jupiter, is that true? Oh, wow. Can you look that up? Drops of Jupiter, was that the last song heard on the radio? On uh, I don't know, which radio? There's thousands of radio stations. Just just look up uh, Drops of Jupiter in (laughs) 9 11. I'm interested. Um, there's got to be a story there, uh, Cappy. Michael Collins Piper exposes and challenges Alex Jones. Oh, okay. TikTok, in my experience, ruins any possibility to communicate. Yes, I would agree with that. But it is a place where they funnel information. And I don't think the, the word could be used more appropriately. The word funnel could be used more appropriately than exactly what's happening on TikTok. In TikTok, they're funneling information. And there's no choice. There's no swipe left, swipe right. It's how long do you stay on it? Did you stay on it three seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds, a minute? Did you watch it again? They apply that algorithm and then you're fed into that algorithm as to what you like and what you don't like, given a numerical score based upon the amount of time and whether or not you rewatch something. And then, of course, you know, if you loved or bookmarked or saved something, it's that simple, folks. It's the best algorithm going, giving you what you want, right? Give them what they want. Lost in phases the can be. She was very attractive, Doubt. I went back and looked she at that video from your nose. That the woman was remarkably attractive. Natalie Merchant? Yep. yep. My gosh. I was like, what? Whoa. Maybe I wasn't that that bad. She she was she had a way of mesmerizing you. Do you think she do you think, think do you think she worships Satan? <laughs> talking about Mesmerism. <laughs> Does she have that? Does she have does she have witchy characteristics? If what you have to say does not grab them in two seconds, they start looking to change the subject. If you can't, if you can't complete your thought in eight seconds, they get bored. They're like porn addicts who can't see beyond their chosen perversion. Okay. By the way, we're going to continue on into the whole discussion where uh, everything. Don't forget Seth Rich getting murdered. Yeah, shot in the back. <laughs> What was he doing? <laughs> Whatever happened to the guy that exposed everything, right? Huh? Did, 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 you ever get, did you ever get free out of the embassy? 
Peruvian embassy in, I don't know, wherever he was. TikTok. China is using TikTok to undermine all the principles and values of the U.S. See, this is what we can't do, okay? I'm trying to tell you, if you don't get interested in what your kids are doing and what they're going to be interested in, you're going to miss the opportunity to help shape it. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to help you here. Follow me. I'm the, I'm the parent of two children. If you don't take an interest in, like, Fortnite, how was I able to tell you about Fortnite? I don't know how much money Fortnite gets out of me, okay? <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I have to go and have a conversation. My son will go and he'll make a purchase, and it's directly tied to his Fortnite account. And I say, what you see, you can't unsee. And I say, well, I want to understand what you're purchasing and why. So when you want something, please come ask me if it's okay. Well, he didn't do it. And when he didn't do it, he didn't ask me. I've never spanked my kids. I've never really, I've yelled at them one time really bad. That was it. That was it. And it was something more of me, ego, dad type of thing. And I apologize to them after that. They're, they're great kids. Very coachable, very teachable. They'll be great. They'll be great leaders. More importantly, they'll be great people uh, to employ. You know, they'll be the types of uh, teammates that you would want on a team that will accomplish something at some point. They are very cooperative. Um, they don't fight uh, for the simple need to fight. So he followed me on this whole thing. I said, Sam, is there something you wanted to tell me? Uh, no. I said, Sam, what did you do yesterday that you didn't think that I would find out about? Uh, I purchased I purchased a thousand V-Bucks on Fortnite. I said, how come you couldn't ask me about that? Didn't I ask you to ask me if it's something that you wanted that you would come and ask me about it? Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I said, no, you didn't forget. You knew it. And if you forgot, you wouldn't have been able to tell me about it right now. Okay. I said, what do you think I should do? How do you think you should be punished for this? Okay. And I didn't use punish. I said, well, what do you think? What do you think I should do as your dad? I said, I didn't even give him a chance to answer because I already told him, I said, the next thing that you ask me for, whatever it happens to be, you don't get it. Mm. Whatever that happens to be. And I'm going to know whether or not it's something that you truly want. That's it. Do you think, and I asked him, do you think that that's fair? He says, that's fair. That's wow. fair. I'm like, that was it. That was it. Sure, boy. There was no crying. There was no, he didn't have to feel overly bad or guilty, which I hate. I hate oh, when yeah. kids are like, like remorseful you know, yes. like don't feel don't, don't <laughs> learn how to you can't let like carve out those little like you know neuropathic you know breezeways in your brain as like the guilty ones like oh go to the corner and say 10 hell marys and town hell our fathers you know my father when i stole i one time i did it i stole a magazine it was a sporting news basketball magazine that i really wanted that i didn't have the money for and um, my dad, like, he doesn't know this. My dad doesn't know, like, sometimes how great. Like, the other day I was talking about something because I'm my kids come and talk to me about everything, right? They'll, 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 they volunteer information, okay? And I'm the only one that's allowed to cuss, and they're not allowed to cuss. And I do cuss, okay, because I want them to be aware of the world. And, you know, we, we didn't, we, oh, he's not showing us the model way. Like, I talk to my kids about stuff, okay? whatever you see you can't unsee whatever you do you can't undo like these are things like the world moves in a forward direction and my dad when i stole a sporting news magazine with all the players and 
we used to have bookstores and magazines back in the day. We don't have that anymore, right? It's just something we don't do. My dad used to get the racing forms. You know, we'd go, go there Friday nights, get ready for the Saturday, you know, fair days. It was all sorts of fun. I had a great time. And my dad, when I stole it, my dad asked me, where did you get that magazine? And I couldn't answer the question. He wanted to know, because we didn't have anything. Like we didn't have, I had to win a coloring contest to get an aluminum bat. And my dad gave me $3 that he didn't have. This is at a time when he's starting his business and doing Like we didn't have any money growing up. We ate beans and onions. And if we were lucky, we got cheese and Dion's pizza on Friday nights. Yes, Dion's pizza. We lived in front of the first Dion's pizza down at the bottom of uh, Coors, 6201 Coors Boulevard. I've been eating Dion's pizza longer than the people who've worked at Dion's pizza have been eating Dion's pizza in my blood. Miami Vice and pizza on a Friday night is what it is. I, after feeling bad about it, had to ride my bike all the way down Taylor Ranch Hill, go find the manager and tell him that I stole the magazine from him. <laughs> Ouch. My dad... Not by spanking, not by getting after me or anything, just by looking at me. What do you think you should do? Uh, I guess I should get my ass on my huffy and get my ass straight down the hill, down to Albertsons, and go give the man back his magazine that I stole from him. You know, we were the first customers that at Albertsons when it first opened up. I remember my sister and I and uh, my mom. And uh, when it opened up on that that day, we were walking through a brand new, and you're going to have this kind of experience when you go to area 15 in Vegas out. It's going to be cool. You're going to go through and say, oh my God, everything is so perfect and just amazing. And we, we were the first customers for the Albertsons, which I think is still, still there to this very day. 550-5500 if you want to go ahead and uh, text in to the up. So I don't know how I got caught up on, on all that. Okay. China is using, oh, getting involved in your kids and your kids' lives. The whole thing about uh, um, Fortnite and my kids being on Fortnite. How do they design the 75-mile um, uh, 60 around 13, 30 hours, UH 60 around one thirty, low in your area. Anybody want to go to flight path, uh, for me, go to flight tracker, flight radar 24 and find that. Thank you. That is beautiful. You guys are great. <laughs> All right. Ooh, yeah, Slam MLG, scandalous. <laughs> Grabbing nuts and butts. She's a terrible woman. I can give you a story about Highland High School. You want a story about Highland High School? <clears throat> you want a story about where they saw Michelle Lujan Grisham hanging out at Highland High School with one of her <clears throat> one of her dudes? I can give you that, too. I got all sorts of stuff. She, she's a nasty... You know, nasty women up in Washington, she's a nasty woman. Yeah. She got nothing. Her name is Michelle Luhan Grisham, if you're nasty. Nasty. Nasty girl. Every nasty. time she's brought up on the on the air, we should probably have that Ashley Judd, I am a nasty woman. Oh my clip. God. <laughs> Look at the things. Did you see that thing with Ashley, uh, her mom? What happened with Naomi? Yeah, I mean, it's sad. I'm not a fan of Ashley Judd, but I mean, to find your mother who's committed suicide. I mean, oof. but she did it. I mean, she, it wasn't the way that, that she said that, that they said it originally. 
I mean, she oh. actually killed herself. Well, they were kind of cryptic in the early days, weren't they? Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they said they she succumbed out. to mental illness without exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they didn't. They didn't realize a gun was used. Just a month before, you could see the concert, and um, you know she wasn't. It was no there, there, there. All right, uh, let's get back to uh, this. Yeah, MLG does need to be held accountable, but she never will. Only a man upstairs that she doesn't believe in anyway. I mean, she believes it. Uh, she's like. Uh, it's like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. I'm not the god. I'm not <laughs> the god. I'm a god. I'm a god. Yes. The god of New Mexico. <laughs> the, the goddess of New Mexico. Here she is. Mother there Gaia. she is. Mother Gaia. <laughs> All right. So who killed Michael Hastings, folks? And why Why was he offed? Okay. So if you watch the Anne Hesch stuff and you watch the video, and I don't know where you can find it. And I know Dow doesn't go this. This is this is why this exercise is good for all of us. Dowd, go find the Michael Hastings video. The same video that exists for Anne Hesh and how she's like literally zooming. There's a ring camera with a uh, white picket fence and a butterfly in front of a $2 million, you know, 2,500 square foot house <laughs> in Los Angeles. Mini Cooper. And it was found, you might remember, that Mini Coopers can be robotically controlled. Does anybody remember uh, that uh, very famous uh, movie where all the Mini Coopers are, are in? The Italian job or the Italian whatever it's called, right? Yeah, they, they actually did that uh, with robotically controlled cars. And the reason why they chose the Mini Coopers is because they could be rec- robotically controlled, like remote controls. Okay. Same thing happened in the Born Identity. Remote controlled cars, how do you think... You, do you actually think Matt, you know, Matt Damon did it that way? Do you think Matt Damon was able to pull off some of that stuff? He was getting, he just had to have his hands on the wheels and he wasn't the one who was doing a lot of that stuff. And, you know, the stunt man, et cetera, et cetera. They had to control it a certain way and get it done. I mean, those were very, very difficult things. De Niro did it in his um, uh, movie as well. I can't remember the name of that movie, but it was also very similar to the streets of Paris. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. At the end of his life, Michael Hastings, like many of the progressive journalists he counted on among his friends, felt besieged by an overreaching government. Hastings was living in Los Angeles at a Beverly Hills theater in April. At a Beverly Hills in April, he took part in a panel discussion about the documentary Warren Whistleblowers, Free Press and the National Security State. Interviewed in May on The Young Turks, a talk show on current TV, Hastings rallied against, railed against the Obama administration, which has clearly declared war on the press. The only recourse, he said, was for the press to respond, to declare war on you. May 31st, he dashed off an urgent tweet. First, they came for the Manning, then Assange, then Fox, then AP, Dot Drake, and then other whistleblowers. Any New York Times reporters, too. He attended screenings of his friend Jeremy Shale's film, Dirty Wars, which seeks to expose the hidden truth behind America's expanding covert wars. And when leaks about the NSA began appearing in The Guardian, and Edward Snowden was charged with espionage, Hastings was deeply troubled by the revelations and the Justice Department's response. On June 7th, his last post for BuzzFeed, where he was a staff writer focused on why Democrats love to spawn Americans at the time of his death, Hastings was working on a profile of CIA director, Muslim, who spoke Arabic by the name of John Brennan for Rolling Stone. I happened to take a junket when I was working for General Wesley Clark, flying from Tulsa to Phoenix, with the man who was writing the very article for the Rolling Stone for him. It was for the Rolling Stone where Hastings had a contract that he'd written the runaway general. 
2010 article that resulted in the cashiering of General Stanley McChrystal, America's commander in Afghanistan, and made his name as a journalist. Mark Levovich in the Summers Inside the Beltway Big Read, this town describes Hastings McChrystal piece as the most, quote-unquote, consequential journalism of the 20th century and possibly Obama's entire first term. But despite going after big game, Hastings tended to be nonchalant about possible repercussions. Whenever I'd been reporting around the groups of dudes whose job it was to kill people, he said once one of them would usually mention that they were going to kill me. Ha, ha, ha. By the middle of June, Hastings, 33, had become openly afraid. Helicopters, a common sight in Hollywood Hills, but he had told Jordana Thigpen, a neighbor he'd come close to, that there were more of them in the sky than usual, and he was certainly, they were tracking him and him only. On Saturday the 15th, he called Matt Farrell, his writing partner, and said Farrell might be interviewed by the FBI. Farwell was unsettled, excuse me, Farwell. He was being really cagey over the phone, which was odd, very odd. He wasn't like that, Farwell says. On the 17th, Hastings emailed colleagues at BuzzFeed to warn them that the feds are interviewing my close friends and associates. He was on to a big story and needed to go, quote unquote, off radar for a bit. Hope to see you all soon. That was it. He was deeply agitated, said the Young Turks host, Senk Uyghur. Folks, these people are avowed liberals now. Look it up, Senk, on the uh, Young Turks. Since Hastings didn't want to say it, you'll re recognize his face immediately from all the uh, Trump outrage uh, stuff. Since Hastings didn't want to say anything more over the email or the phone, Farwell, who lived in Virginia, set up a lunch for him the following Thursday with a trusted friend of Farwell's, also in, lay, in L.A., so that she could pass along whatever Hastings had to tell him on the forthcoming trip east. That lunch never happened. At 4.20 a.m. on Tuesday, June 18th, Hastings, Silver's Mercedes, C-250 Coupe, speeding on South Highland Avenue, crossed Melrose, jumped in a median, hit a palm tree, and exploded. The estimated speed for Michael Hastings driving through there with Shears' video is approximately 130 miles an hour. The charred body of the driver was identified by the Los Angeles coroner as John Doe 117 until fingerprints confirmed that the deceased was indeed Michael Hastings. Sergeant Joe Briggs, who met Hastings in 2008 when the reporter on assignment for GQ was embedded with the unit in Afghanistan, hadn't spoken to his friend in nearly three months, but Hastings had BCC'd him on the June 17th email to BuzzFeed colleagues. Quote, unquote, I tried calling him when I got that email because I felt so scared for him because it didn't seem like him at all. Biggs emailed BuzzFeed, too. They weren't helpful at all. I kept emailing back. What, out should, what, what should we do? I'm not a journalist. I don't know how to go on about this stuff. They never responded to me. Those were all the liberals that were with him. Biggs tried contacting other media to let them know about the ominous email. The only person who got back to him was a local L.A. reporter. If the thing didn't get released, Biggs told me when I first called him, two weeks after Hastings' death, people would keep thinking that it was an accident. To this day, they keep thinking that it was an accident. Hastings lived as he died on the small side with blue eyes, scruffy good looks. Suggested Jula's little brother, literally looked just like him, did everything fast, chain-smoking, parliament lights, calling an email of people late at night, speaking in jittery torrents, churning out copy. Sounds like our doubt. The first long draft of his McChrystal article was 48 hours. The dude was exhausting. He was endless in his energy, Farwell says. He just kind of vibrated energy. He had a deep well of moral outrage and sadness, and I think it goes back to a lot of the hypocrisy he saw and felt after his death that was an outpouring of grief for all his abrasiveness, and sometimes because of it, he had endeared himself to a lot of people, and posthumous adoration of the Hastings colleagues was striking. Rachel Maddow attended his memorial service in Vermont. BuzzFeed established a National Security Reporting Fellowship in his name. Last month, he was honored with the Norman Miller Award for Emerging Journalists. His publisher, Blue Rider Press, recently announced that it will bring out a novel Hastings wrote some years ago, a Ramana Clef satire about a 
time working at Newsweek. Most interesting was the viral fascination of strangers who, at a time when journalists rank lower than chiropractors in public opinion, saw Hastings as a valiant exception. What he stood for to these people was so important and rare that surely his death must hold more meaning than a senseless random event at four in the morning on a Thursday night. The internet, and by and large, was certain, and it wasn't. The crash had occurred on a dead straight section of road. Mercedes cars, quote-unquote, don't explode. Engine block was found more than 30 yards away from the car. A distance explicable to chatroom Denzians only by some sort of, quote-unquote, car bomb. A chip uploaded to YouTube shot by a videographer who happened to be parked on Highland with a dashboard-mounted camera running and apparently showing Hastings' car barreling right before the crash was deemed suspicious. Conflicting police statements didn't help an LAPD spokeswoman told the LA Times that there was no evidence of foul play, but then an investigative detective said nothing had been ruled out. Twitter and Reddit and the verbal swamps of the websites. Also, Infowars and Prison Planet that was headed squabbling about the, quote, official narrative, false flag operations, and stage accident scenes. WikiLeaks poured on accelerant, tweeting on June 19th, two days later, that Michael Hastings' death has a serious non-public complication. We will have more details later. It would turn out that Hastings had sent one of his being investigated emails to WikiLeaks lawyer Jennifer Robinson, an unusual public disclaimer by the FBI stating that Hastings was under investigation by the Bureau. became fuel for further conspiracy mongering. Richard Clark, the former counterterrorism czar, told the Huffington Post that, quote-unquote, my rule has always been you don't knock down a conspiracy theory until you can prove it wrong. And in the case of Hastings, what evidence is available publicly is consistent with a car cyber attack. I'm an expert on the matter. Was it an accident or was it murder? Justice Department, eyeballing AP reporters' phone records, and NSA dragnating everyone else's metadata. It didn't seem totally crazy to imagine government might be listening on all your calls. I remind you folks, this is 2013. Uger told me several of his friends who kept their laptop cameras taped over. This was water hasting swim. And even, quote unquote, when I was talking to him about drone stuff, filmmaker Robert Greenwald says, I said, I'm sure there are many ears on this phone call, Michael, because we're saying drones. We're saying Pakistan. Hastings was self-aware enough to recognize he had some degree of playing character. The swashbuckling reporter dispatched to distant longitudes to bear witness to a man's savagery and idiocy. He was very familiar with the quote-unquote literature of mystique of war correspondent. His friend Jonathan Darman says, the operator's Hastings' second book, there's almost a double consciousness where he identifies with the war junkie psychology, but is also very critical at the same time he's writing. For many of those closest to him reject the idea that Hastings was trying to kill himself. He also recognized that if he had wanted to go, he wouldn't have planned it better. The sudden violent elimination of a man who knew too much, trailing a plume of mystery and questions about whether powerful people got to him. With intimations of Karen Silkwood-style conspiracy, quote-unquote, a sick part of me thinks this is Michael's last story in a way, says Robert Ruby Kramer, a BuzzFeed reporter who started out interning for him. We could go on and on. But the similarities between the Capitol and now Anne Hesch and certainly Andrew Breitbart happen are all at times where there is going to be a great reveal that never happens. And even the likes of Seth Rich, Seth Rich walking home after midnight, speaking to his girlfriend, Andrew Breitbart walking home into his home in Brentwood from an area bar after having a two and a half hour meeting, just happened to run into him. Didn't know it. So supposedly didn't know anything about the man. Then of course there's Ann Hesh. They've been going after her reputation for how long?
What does this mean here? Why is this important in a state in a city like Albuquerque? I wish I could hear all of you answer that question, but you can't. I'm your voice. If they silence me, they'll silence all of this. I'm reading a number of books. One is called Spying in America by Michael Sulik. Another one called Oswald and the CIA by John Newman. Destiny Betrayed by James D. Eugenio. The Venoma Secrets by Herbert Romstein. And most importantly, and why this matters here, is because of a book I've been reading for now the third time. A Spy's Guide to Santa Fe in Albuquerque. Bookend to bookend. The short read gives a bibliography of other useful books, which you will no doubt jump on, as I am now, about the unbelievable amount of control that the three-letter agencies have on Kirtland Air Force Base. I was part of the munitions. We built the munitions there, which is the weapon storage. You, of course, know all about Roswell and the connections. Did you Have you ever looked at a mapped out and looked at the, the line between Kirtland Air Force Base and Alamogordo? Do you believe that there's a passageway between there? Oh. Do anybody believe that there's a passageway between Los Alamos and Las Vegas? Can we talk about Dulce? We'll get more practical if we can, but all the Rosenberg stuff right down here on 209 High Street, right where I lived. I lived at 614 High Street growing up. Four blocks from where I lived is all of the transference. And by the way, Kiva is on Arno Lane. That's a very important name as well. There's so many things, there's so many reasons why people choose New Mexico. Richard Branson, Jeffrey Epstein, people relocating from the Northeast, the Northwest, the Midwest, all coming here. Why? For what reason? What is here? What's driving them here? All being subjected by the Department of Energy, the Department of Defense, Sandia National Labs, Livermore, all connected to those very things. And then, of course, understanding, you know, <clears throat> the great man himself, Oppenheimer, the creator of nuclear weapons, which is exactly what they're trying to charge Donald Trump with right now. We didn't even address that because I told you they're not going to, they're going to have to give up too much to actually produce the warrant. It's all going to be black labeled and redacted top to bottom. You're never going to find out anything about what they were looking for. And they're never going to admit it. And the media is going to cover it up. That's the way that it works. Understand that's how it works. But New Mexico is ground zero for all of this. There's a reason why they keep you high, drunk, stupid. Because they don't want you to know what they're doing here. I mean that sincerely. I talk to a lot of people. A lot of people talk to me. The controlled op is 24-7. In fact, you can think of New Mexico as one great big Petri dish, a psyop, for experimental things, for trying new social programs, to running whatever new remedies for the uh, Green New Deal. We ran them right here first. 
And why not? When you can control the people and feed them a load of BS, when you have one shining light, the Kiva, every single day is the only one that can expose anything that's here. We're probably, probably beyond the bounds of what we should be talking about, but we live in America. There is no should. They have the First Amendment's backed by the second. But you have to think about how much we are controlled by the federal government here. In fact, these very airwaves are controlled by the federal government as well, and they do monitor them. We'll touch upon this more in Ann Hash, I think, uh, in more detail tomorrow. And some of the stories on this that I'm uh, following, Ann Hesh from TMZ, quote-unquote, died under the influence of cocaine at the time of the car crash. Ann Hesh is brain dead after a fiery crash into home. Ann Hesh, 53, after being pulled off life support following cocaine-fueled car rage. Is Ann Hesh's upcoming movie about Jeffrey Epstein, Girl in Room 13? It's all explained. This one, we got this covered.com. They go into deep, deep, Explanation, TV line, and hash, very topical report. Yes, nothing to it. People, LAPD will no longer investigate Anne Hesh's car crash. Oh, I wonder why. Just like Michael Hastings. Anne Hesh movie's fate revealed in wake of crash. What was her uh, film? Girl in Room 13. What was about pedophilia? A woman trying to escape. A daughter trying to escape. And then all sorts of other articles right here. Some crazy observations on what happened to Ann Hesh. Mark Crispin Miller. He gets into this on his Substack. Very interesting. I don't even, I never watched anything. But it looked like just another bloody vaccine may actually have been a hit, as in the case of Hastings, after he brought down General Daniel McChrystal and was surely, surely probing something else. Ann Hesh's death may be a cover-up. According to this. And yes, Alec Baldwin. Anne Hesh and Alec Baldwin star in quote unquote supercell to be released later this year in 2022. <laughs> did Anne Hesh know too much? What did she know? What did Hesh learn in researching her role? What did she find out about Holly? What was she sharing from back from her time 20 years ago? The question must be asked, a reader comments. How on earth did she get from having a cognizance to physically free herself from her restraints, trying to get off the stretcher when being loaded in and being pushed back into the body bag to be declaring legally brain dead and then deceased within hours? And also, after an hour of being in a burn house, why did she show no burn marks on the video? Something very, very sinister happened here to Anne Hesh. Three important factors to add. The Mini Coopers have had the capability of remote steering for 20 years. The fentanyl should not be overlooked, regardless of whether the hospital gave her some. It would be incredibly easy to give somebody additional doses. The most disturbing part to me, though, is the organ donation. It can easily be used to a legal form and involuntary euthanization. This is something else that gets zero attention from the media, but the organ donor industry is probably as crooked as the vaccine industry. Everybody is suddenly talking about all of this. We'll talk more about it tomorrow's program or a Friday. Didout Musk, oh, plus uh, Espa Blotter. We'll get into that uh, as well. You we hope. We, have... we hope. They haven't published it yet. We hope. We hope. Oh, we'll see. Uh, Didout Muska, your top five is found at rockoftalk.chat. Yeah, folks. And uh, another reason you want to subscribe 
because at 4 a.m. you're going to get a link to FBI unit leading Mar-a-Lago probe earlier ran discredited Trump-Russia investigation, a brand new investigation by a credible reporter. And it will be in the links at the 4 a.m. Uh, Daily Blast for tomorrow. But as for the ones that were most popular today, number one, uh, of course, the Rio Grande Sun, lot of burger employee gunned down in our beloved Espanola. Sad, <laughs> sad, sad story there. Uh, number two, hey, Liz Cheney, don't let the door hit you where you... Uh, number yeah. three, <laughs> a great article from my friend Jeffrey Tucker, the CDC bungled everything, so let's give it more power. Madness. Great story at number four. Nine-year-old kid down in Hobbs is a is a world champion uh, calf roping uh, uh, rodeo champion. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but I, if, if your little kid's doing well, good for him. And then finally, the Santa Fe reporter. A lot of kids going back to Santa Fe public schools, but not all of them. Where did those kids go? Wow. Where did they go? How many uh, students they lose? They lost quite a few. APS has also lost a few. We got to get the, the rundown on that. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Tomorrow's Dowd's last day until the following week. So uh, we'll be keeping tabs on what he's doing out in Vegas. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you tomorrow at 4. On the avenue Thought I heard you talking softly I turned on the last TV and the radio Still I can't escape the ghost of you What has happened to it all? Crazy summer say Where is the life that I recognize? But I won't cry for yesterday There's an ordinary world Somehow I And as I try to make my way to the ordinary world, I will learn to survive. Passion or coincidence once prompted you to stay. Pride will tear us both apart. Now bride's gone out the window, across the rooftops, run away. Left me in the vacuum of my heart. What is happening to me? Crazy some say. Where is my friend when I need you most? But I won't cry for yesterday There's an ordinary world Somehow I have to find And then I try to make my way To the ordinary world I will learn to survive
peepers in the roadside tell of suffering and grief. Fear today, forgot tomorrow. Besides the news of holy war and holy beer, ours is just a little sorrow talk. And I don't cry for yesterday. And as I try to make my way to the old 